This episode is once again sponsored by Powers Bike Shop. Heard a little rumor that there may be some expansion slash move going on, which is pretty exciting. I don't know the details yet, but if it's the building I think it is that he's talked about, then his BMX museum will soon have a proper home where people can really check it out when they visit the shop. On another level, uh, thank you Old Bones Therapy for sponsoring myself as well as Russ Barone and the crazy woman, Joss Kamara. Joss 313, if you don't know. And if you don't know, I'm surprised. So it's Instagram handle JOC313. So anyway, thanks again Old Bones Therapy for making my knee in particular feel much better but he's got a lot of cool products out there he's got a knee wrap that includes a gel pack so you can with the same gel pack you can ice your knee as well as warm your knee they also have products for elbows ankles best to head over to old bones therapy for a rundown of everything they have pretty amazing and just a really cool company a couple things before we get into episode 107 with Peyton Ridenauer. A couple that I'm hoping you can give some attention to. One of them is Ron McDonald, a racer. He was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer just about a month ago. Unfortunately, he passed. Jump on over to the Ron McDonald GoFundMe. This happened a lot faster than any of us imagined. Give it a look if you can. Ron's GoFundMe is probably most easily found by just diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Thoughts out to the McDonald family, thinking of all of you. So the other is Simon Tabron. He had a heart attack and a stroke, is uh, fighting hard. So if you don't know Simon Tabron, definitely look him up. He uh, is a young family. I'm sure his family is uh, in need of the help and most importantly, in need of his healing. So hopefully that happens uh, over time. It's not going to be quick, I'm sure, but his GoFundMe is easily found under Simon Tabron. So S-I-M-O-N-T-A-B-R-O-N. So on a lighter note, happy birthday to Daryl Now. He turned 40, I believe it was yesterday. So for his birthday, he decided that he would do something fun, which if you follow me on Instagram, I, I did the same type of thing, but his was simply amazing. He wanted to do 40 laps at the trails. And uh, we're talking Kiko trails on Long Island. And uh, rather than 40, He ended up doing 200 laps on his birthday. Pretty amazing. Super happy for him. Whenever he does some kind of physical feat, he lets you know how possible it is for anyone to do what he does. What's really important about Daryl's birthday feat is that he dedicated the 200 laps to Simon Tabron, helping bring any more attention he possibly can Happy birthday, Daryl, and amazing job. 
I also wanted to mention Women's Weekend. I was uh, down there for yesterday, for the Saturday, Caddy Woods part of it, and it was amazing. I think it was as big as any other year, and that's against some some serious unforeseen challenges with with COVID and travel restrictions and all. I think the furthest distance travel award goes to Mo Malone, who drove out from Colorado, drove out with her dog, which is awesome. I have a short podcast of that event coming up. Uh, I didn't complete it the way I wanted to because I ran out of time doing a lot of checking up with people I haven't seen in a while. So uh, I'm going to put together what I have and, and post it shortly. Congrats, Taryn Hip, on keeping that event going. I believe this was the fourth year. And I don't think I've missed one yet. And they're always so awesome to to watch women empowering each other and just making a, a great weekend of it. So enjoy the interview with Peyton. She is an amazing young lady. If you don't understand how professional BMX racing works between the UCI and USA BMX, it's absolutely worth a listen to understand that. But it's also amazing to listen to Peyton speak like a, a seasoned professional when she talks about all that she has dedicated her life to and accomplished and told in the most modest way. Enjoy it, and I'm not sure who's next, but you'll find out soon enough. Have a great week. By the way, don't judge me by this donut. <laughs> I was at Wawa, and I'm like, I don't think I can drink a coffee without eating something. <laughs> yeah. Anything would have been better, but I chose the donut. All right, say anything. Anything. <laughs> How about anything else? Um, but not anything else. <laughs> not anything else. All I right. think it's Peyton. How, what, what means what anymore? Now you've got levels, right? Yeah, well now it's of, like junior and then women pro. Okay. Yeah. So, and this is junior elite? We may as well just answer this question right now and get, so get the with juniors, you have to be 17 or 18 as of December 31st that year. Okay. So, I'm still junior. Uh-huh. So, I could race junior when I was 16. Right. Because I turned 17 by the end of that year. So okay. this is my second year junior, and mm-hmm. it's like a world's class too. Like, is it only world's class, or does USA BMX have junior? It's a UCI thing. So only at UCI. any USA okay. BMX race, they won't have a junior class. But if it's UCI, so like anywhere where they run the big hill or somewhere else, like Phoenix usually has it. Okay. Then we can have a junior class. I think it's a pro open. Like I haven't been to a USA BMX race where there hasn't. Where it's not like UCI and we like wouldn't have a class because none of us mm-hmm. just show up then because we're like we're not gonna have a junior class. Right. But with this year with the pro opens like they're letting the juniors race with the pros which is nice because yeah. like we don't have a class since nothing's UCI. So you're combined. There's no separation. They don't have you race them and then they have you pointed separately. It's it's all it's just it's an open right. It's yeah. Something that races. It's just part of that group. Yeah. And the thing with the guys, they can go like junior, A pro, double A, but then mm. the girls are just like junior and then straight to like racing Elise. Yeah. So there's no yeah. like separation like how it is with the guys, but then again, there's like 
not that many girls, so yeah. I don't really think there would be enough girls to make two classes. Gotcha. Yeah. To do uh, junior and just straight up elite, right? Yeah. But Bye-bye. when I go to World Cups, mm-hmm. juniors race the elites. Gotcha. For guys and girls. Really? Yeah. Which seems really hard. Yeah. <laughs> so you're so you're going against oh from the Netherlands. I can't believe I Laura. forgot her name. Smolder? Yeah. Yeah, so you're going against Smolder and who's Mariana been doing and great. Elise, like, yeah, yeah, aside from them, like we already know those two are amazing. And I'm sure there's other people getting closer and closer, right? But then you have all well actually Smolder's the past like two or three years she's gotten really really good right? yeah she kills it yeah yeah she's one of my favorite people to watch oh yeah yeah so you're jumping in a heavy when you go to a world event because there's no junior it's junior with elites right wow but like, you like it you like the challenge yeah and it's like you get like there's no like pressure because the juniors coming in is like they're the underdog so mm-hmm. no one like has expectations on them or whatever yeah. just they're the race so right I went to Australia at the beginning of the year for the two World Cups. Yeah. And that black plate on that number plate right there, that's like mm. the junior leader. And I like, I guess I still had the plate because we only had two races. So. Uh, okay, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah, but the black background's like junior leader. I got it. So that's from the end of this. That's a cumulative number then? Or was it like the old old world championship days like the they've had in the U.S. a couple times where it's a one-day one day title. It's it's cumulative. Got yeah. it. So it's different than the old days where it's just that race that day is what earned you the world one through eight. Yeah. Well, just because um, it's the World Cup series, so yeah. it's like eight to ten of those. Gotcha. So, so it all goes back to UCI, really, right? Right. Yeah. I gotcha. I think for the average person nowadays, unless you're racing nationally, I think some people get it and some people haven't heard it yet. But yeah, I just. I'm still learning what all that means, or the way it breaks down, because it gets a little confusing because of UCI and USA BMX. Yeah, it's definitely confusing to try to understand because they have two different ways that they run things. Yeah. So it's kind of like weird to understand that if you don't race it. Yeah. Like being like an outsider and trying to like put all the pieces together. Mm-hmm. Which one is the one that Connor Fields was smart enough to win his his moto before I think it got rained out or yeah. something. That was Bathurst in Australia, the World Cup. Yeah. And that ended up being the title. It was for... actually too windy. That's why they canceled it. Because oh, okay. okay. we were going to race off. It wasn't like an eight meter hill like mm-hmm. Supercross was. It was like a little different than regulation, but it was mm-hmm. still like a big hill. And because of the wind, it was actually really windy there all practice, like all week. I only hit the hill once because I was like, I'm just going right. to wait till race day and not like go out and like maybe crash yeah. and yeah. like not be able to race so i was like i'll just do it like when like we have to do it right hoping the weather would be better and the weather never got better and then yeah. they're like we're gonna have you guys race off the five meter and then even the five meter like no one could jump anything even like manually like even the guys just it was it was really bad so but so like, five, I, five meters the amateur side right yeah like i didn't even get to race not at all. No. Like, oh, the guys just did their first moto, and that's yeah, how Connor yeah. won. And then uh, they called it before the girls even went. So and we, not everyone knew in the rule book that that one moto was 
what was going to count. Yeah, and in the event then it, that, that happens, then it gets a little confusing because every country does their Olympic points differently. So I think, like France and the Netherlands, their yeah. points only count if they race off the big hill. So then, if they race mm-hmm. off the five meter, like they weren't like trying because yeah. they don't get Olympic points towards it. I wouldn't have thought that about Australia. I would have thought the Netherlands, that track they always talk about being super windy right yeah i've heard that too but i've never been there i'm sure you will because it's always a part of the world cup series right yeah the uci series gotcha and that's poppendale is that right yeah poppendale in the netherlands yeah Yeah, i've always heard that that it's just like it's a windy place yeah but well everywhere i go seems to be windy like no matter where it is just it senses me and the other junior women (laughs) and it says it's going to be windy today, and it's usually a side wind for us. Well, I did ask you, with all that power that you and the women have, when I was driving here, I'm like, can't you stop the rain? <laughs> yeah. Like, aren't you able to stop the rain? So you can't do everything. Yeah. All right, can't change the power of the women, can't change weather? Definitely not. <laughs> but you were saying it seems like when there's an event, it, the weather just sometimes... Just when I seem to show up. It just senses <laughs> me in particular. Oh, okay, yeah. got it. You just did Rock Hill, right? Yes. Okay. And that was, what did you, what were you able to race there? Because that wasn't, um, that wasn't, it was a UCI event, right? No. None it of wasn't. the Yeah, none of the races this year are UCI and USA Max because of COVID and everything because it's like an international thing. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, if yeah. no one can like come in to race, then it's kind of like unfair for some people to get points if mm-hmm. people like can't make it. Yeah. So in Rock Hill, I, there was a pro open there, mm-hmm. but we didn't have enough girls. You need four to make a class, and we only had three. Uh, so we okay. got put in with the guys, which yeah. I don't mind. Yeah, right. Um, like, it's kind of weird. If I'm next to gate, next to Connor Fields in the gate. <laughs> so it's like Which you were, right? Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Yeah, like, Connor's going into the first turn, and I'm, like, on the face of the triple. So it's like... But it was fun. Like, everyone's really nice to me, and no mm-hmm. one's, like, out to, like, get me or anything, put yeah. me over the turn. Like, I know all the guys, so... But, but then, they're treating you like they would anyone else they're racing, right? So yeah. So they'll, they'll still go for a pass. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I hope. You know, that... Uh, yeah, I, I didn't have the opportunity to be in front of anyone really, but um, right, I was in right, front right. of like one person, just like mm-hmm. in the first turn, and like that was it. But um, then Saturday we had enough to make a class, and so we oh, had like a girls' okay. pro open, and I won that. Oh, nice! And then Sunday we got put up with the guys again. I actually made the semis on Sunday. With the, the guys? Yeah, girls' pro open class. Oh, okay. We just had to raise the guys again. So I got you. I got you. So one day you had your own class, right? Okay. Yeah. Oh well, we should should probably say, welcome to the BMX in our blood. I'm here with Peyton Ridenauer. Is that how you say it? Yes. I'll go through the list after, but the the amount of titles you have is insane. It's crazy. So I definitely want to talk about that and the diversity in what you're doing for racing. You know, different types of racing, which is really cool. So anyway, thanks for agreeing to do this. This is this is awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Why don't we start with basics? So I met your parents. They're super nice. And I think I'll get to the question, but I think Ben Atchison says something about your parents pretty much being the best parents in the entire world. Yeah, my parents, sure. they're awesome. And do you have siblings? No, I don't. Yeah. But I have my dog, Rocket, who's mm-hmm. two, and she's pretty much a sibling. <laughs> 
she goes to all the races that we drive to with us. So she's oh, a little okay. celebrity there. Yeah. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. I bet. More than me. Yeah. Connor Fields will come up to me and be like, hey, Peyton, where's Rocket? <laughs> hey, maybe he's into like comfort pets. You know, <laughs> some people have like a comfort pet that they can bring on a plane, all that. Maybe yeah. he's adopted Rocket, Rocket as your Rocket has quite pet. the fan base. Yeah. Yeah. Does he have his own Instagram yet? Yeah, she does. Rad Rocket. <laughs> Everyone follow him. She for posts Rocket for every Spunk. hump day on Wednesday. He, right? She. She, sorry. Yeah. Does she scrub out back running the trails? Or does she run um, the trails? Not too often, no. no. She, she usually doesn't run. No. Yeah. She's got some short legs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she has like some bursts of energy where she'll just go wild and just run all around the track. Yeah. But no, she usually like... She's pretty good back at the track. She'll stay out of the way and everything, and she'll just, like, be sitting on, like, the first jump at the mm. drop-in, and we'll just, like, jump right past her. She won't even move. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's the three of you get you. Is there a connection to BMX back with, with either your mom or dad? Yeah, my dad used to race when he was younger, so oh. that's why I got into it. Oh, nice. I got into BMX when I was five, uh-huh. and I my dad took me to the track, and it's really cool because my dad rides, too, so... Yeah. He gets to ride with me out back in my track, and he gets to go to the local track with me, and we get to ride together, and I have, like, a, a riding buddy. Yeah. So yeah. it's super cool how he still does it. He'll send stuff, too. He was the first yeah. one to send the triple in my backyard, so. Really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, so tell me about the backyard because I'm, I can see it. I watched a couple laps that I found online. So is it two separate tracks, or is it one it's one big track together. There's four straightaways. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a cut up where you can uh, cut up after the or before the second turn and right. just do the first two straights, or you can drop into the second turn and do the oh, last two. I gotcha. But it's actually pretty tiring to do a full lap <laughs> there because yeah. it is like more of a pump track style, no pedals. Um, I ride right. my trail bike back there. Yeah. But I think we got the dirt dropped off. Maybe like four years ago now yeah we have like 35 truckloads of dirt back there really? and um evan eisenhardt actually built oh, the trails yeah. for us like initially nice. and since then like yeah. we always try to change everything every year because uh-huh. at trilogy my home track they never change anything yeah so we use my track to like build a bunch of new stuff and yeah. just try to keep it versatile and yeah, Scott Meckler comes over a lot, and my dad yeah. and me, we all work on it all the time. So yeah. it's nice to have a little crew out here to ride with and something to yeah. ride, especially during like COVID and everything. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can totally understand that. It's just so wild to see it right in your backyard. This is the racing version of Pat Casey, the freestyler, that has that crazy backyard. I, I believe it's in California. Yeah, uh, but we have tarps to cover the whole thing mm-hmm. and it takes like an hour to tarp, almost an hour to untarp. And after it yeah. rains, like two hours to fix it, even with tarps pulled. So it's just really? a lot of work. We probably work on it more than we ride it, but it's worth it. Yeah. So, but uh, it's, it's running really good right now, especially in the fall. Mm. Like all we have to do is just water it and it's ready to ride, so. Do you pull water from the house to do that? Yeah, there's a hose all the way back there. Oh, we wow. actually just connected two hoses recently so we can mm-hmm. kind of expedite the process when water. Oh, okay. So we're getting a little bit of a system going on back there finally. Yeah. 
That's wild. All right, so what's the uh, what's the wooden? Um, it looks like a trick jump, basically. Yeah, no, that's what it's going to be. We built a kicker ramp. Mm -hmm. Scott and my dad did. I'm not good in the construction department. I'm more of yeah. a dirt sculptor, so. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? That's as important for sure. It, yeah, so they did all the woodwork and everything. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's um, like a six and a half foot kicker. Uh -huh. And the top part actually comes off like the top yeah. uh, foot and a half comes off to make the ramp smaller but oh, okay. that's back there with the full like ramp on it that resin yeah. material is really expensive so yeah. we think maybe like find some old mattresses or something soft like that and put it on the landing we definitely wanted to like learn some tricks and something like that because yeah. we don't have anything to like learn on right. really right. and but there's just like one sheet of half inch plywood on the landing mm -hmm. and we need to put more on there but scott and i just like yeah. we slammed the lip against the landing and right. we're just like rolling over it just to like test it out yeah and we were dropping in like all the way through the field on the left hand side there and just like cranking yeah because there's not okay. a uh like a path up to sure. it now yeah and my friend derek who runs the little devil trails yeah i know derek yeah. from way back he came over um with his friend austin austin's like 21 yeah and Austin comes in and like totally boots it like super high lands yeah. my dad and Derek are under the ramp and just sounds like a gunshot went off like <laughs> left this huge hole in the plywood like splinters were flying so my dad just kind of screwed a little piece of plywood over that for now but so we have some fixing to do because it, it's not completely done yet you mm -hmm. know Scott and I were just like testing out the lift and then Austin comes down and bombs it but um and tests out the landing yeah <laughs> but I'm really excited for it because I've always wanted to learn like tricks oh. or something I'm gonna keep this open because I just want to look at the track yeah the whole time that I'm talking to you also to have this in your backyard must be such a savior especially like you said with COVID so you're near Pottstown right which is trilogy yes we're you like 10 with, minutes from there did it used to be called just straight up Pottstown, or has it always been Trilogy? I've always called it Trilogy, but they're kind of interchangeable. Yeah. Was it an old MBL track? Or yes. Is, okay. Yeah. So you race, oh boy, how many, it'd probably be easier to say, how many different types of racing do you do? I really only do two different types of racing, just, yeah, yeah just BMX racing and mm -hmm. then pump track. Which you won. Let's get into that. Yeah. <laughs> so where were the pump track worlds? They were in Bern, Switzerland. No way. Yeah. I thought this was like a, they, it happened to be in like Arkansas or something. Because didn't they have a that qualifier was, or something? That was the year before it was in Arkansas. Okay. And then I was actually going to do the, um, like I saw the series and I was like, I should try this out because it mm -hmm. looked really cool. Yeah. And I've been to the wheel mill before and mm -hmm. ridden their pump track and it right. was, I was pretty good at it. So I was like, I should try to like try it out right and my dad and I went to all the way to Leavenworth Washington State in like May last year for a qualifier because that was the only one in the US oh, and wow. I ended up winning that yeah and that was a really cool place it was in this Bavarian village and everything and it was just like a super cool place to go and then I won that qualifier and then the weekend I got there they announced that there was a qualifier in like North Carolina <laughs> so we've but it was really, it was a really cool place to go. So I'm mm -hmm. glad I got to go and everything. And with the win there, I got a fully paid ticket to the Worlds later that year. 
as of then, like, it wasn't a UCI discipline yet. So, like, there was no, like, world champion jersey or anything, like, when I did the qualifier. Uh So then I heard they were doing that, and I was like, that's super cool. So I came into the Pump Track Worlds in Switzerland with, like, jeans and a long sleeve t-shirt on, like, not kitted up or anything like anybody Mm -hmm. else. And that track, it took, like... I think like 33 seconds to get around like just straight pumping it was exhausting <laughs> um no super cool i think i qualified mm-hmm. like seventh and then just throughout the day like i started getting a little bit faster and i ended up winning the whole thing so so if it was in switzerland did you go against some of the people we just talked about like smolders or any of them or did they not um, mess around with pump track no they didn't do it last year but uh, the girl who won pump track the year before, she mm-hmm. raced, and a bunch of juniors my age actually went. My uh-huh. best friend from Switzerland, Nadine, she was there. She actually lives there, and yeah. it was me and like two other juniors, mm-hmm. and we all like she lives there, so she took us like to tour the city and everything. Oh, so so cool. it was super cool. We got to see everything. That's definitely like favorite place I've traveled is Bern, Switzerland, really? for sure. Not because I won pump track, right. but just like to see everything and just, it mm-hmm. was the funnest place I've ever been. But I That's think awesome. the pump track definitely like, it was like a who's the fittest thing at the end of the day. Because right. the girl who won last year, Krista, she actually beat my time and Nadine who got second, her time. Mm-hmm. But she just like ran out of energy when it came to who races for first and second, he races for third and fourth. Yeah, yeah. So, but... So that puts you in the final. Right, yeah. Against one of them, or who was the... Who'd you go against in the I final? went against Nadine, my friend from Switzerland. Oh, the one that was showing you all around? The yeah. Whole, your best friend? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's best friend, too. That's cool. Because I'm sure she was happy for you, and you would have been the same with her, right? Yeah. No, it was super cool. And it was actually raining when... We did the final, of course. I'm thinking (laughs) you're going full speed and you're railing these turns as fast as you possibly can and it's raining. Yeah. And I'm like, how does that work? Some of the turns must be bowled out enough when you enter that you you must have to really make sure you hit high lines and more... Like vert parts, so so you're not like a like a angle of the turn where you would normally slide out. Maybe if it was raining, is yeah. that how it works? Well, in my opinion, I think like it doesn't really matter if it's raining for pump track because mm-hmm. it's on asphalt, and I feel like everything grips the same as long as you don't go on the paint because that's where it's slick. Yeah, I think it's like it was the same. Is that that red line at the top? Is yeah. that what you're talking about? Because yeah. a lot of people are riding that red line. Is that more of a visual guide? So I think so. Like I'm. It's not like super slick, like you can ride it, but it's definitely like a little bit slicker than if you just stayed mm-hmm. on the asphalt. Right. But no, like it rode the same in the rain as it does dry. Yeah. With what kind of tires did you use? What you have now? Yeah. Yeah. I think I asked you, use your BMX bike, right? Right. Because you have a choice. You could go You could dirt jumper or whatever. Yeah, yeah you could ride whatever BMX bike you bike. want. And that's pretty wild yeah. in itself. It's yeah, cool. flat pedals are mandatory, which is a cool thing. Mm-hmm. But what's cool is that, like, everyone kind of has different bikes, mm-hmm. and they're all from different disciplines. Mm-hmm. So, like, Tommy Zula showed up and won on his dirt jumper for the guys, and then, like, I won on my race bike for the girls, so it shows, like, they're kind of yeah. equal. Right, right. 
I remember reading something about that where he brought both bikes, wasn't sure which would feel right. You only ride a BMX bike on pump tracks. Yeah. So you don't have a jumper or dirt jumper that you would do, that you would decide between. No. So Tommy won also, right? Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and we actually did the same qualifier in Washington State at the beginning of the year, too. It's like we both won the qualifier and then we both won the Worlds. We have a couple more minutes before uh, the surprise call comes in. Wait, can I say more about the fam? Go for it. Okay. Please, please, please. So my dad like rides with me and everything, mm -hmm. and then my mom always comes out to do sprints with me and like write down my times, and she'll do gym with me too. So it's like I nice. always kind of have like a training partner. Uh -huh. So that's like one thing that my parents are awesome for. Well, I'm going to jump to a question from Ben Atchison. So he, he lives pretty close to me, and we're building trails right now. So we started these new trails, and it's I can't believe how fast mostly they are getting it done. Uh, but Ben, so I see Ben a lot. And it, you know what? It, help me out here. Should I interview Ben? Because he keeps asking me. Should I do it? I think so. There you go. You ben, said it's been I'm a little slow you. in the podcast business. So. It's well, it's slow for me. Like I'm not, I'm not as anxious. I've, I've been through the beginning when everyone's hyped up on it. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine like Tori and James with coffee chatter. I mean, eventually you get to that point where it's like, I can't do this every week. You know what I mean? And work and do whatever. I think they're both in school, so it's a little different, but. Uh, and then it slowly turned into like two a month, whatever. So it's, there are plenty of people to interview, but I'd yeah. say the toughest part of podcasting is, is, is trying, trying to keep that balance and not offend anyone because a lot of people suggest different people, but as with anything, I kind of have to feel it, you know, right. so, but anyway, so, uh, all right. So I'm interviewing Ben. Yeah. I'll do it. You know, I have other people, Ben, that were supposed to be ahead of you, but I'm going to do yours Well, the thing is that soon. he seems, like, excited if he keeps asking you, so mm, I feel yeah. like he'd be bringing the party a little bit. You know Ben, though. It may, the joke may be on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? This, this, in fact, I'm positive this is going to be a joke on me because Ben's a joker. So, uh, yeah, he might be just itching to, to play, <laughs> just yeah. to play with me. But anyway, he's he really is a good guy, and uh, and he does have a lot to tell because he's been so involved in BMX, and, right? And now I'm digging and riding with Callie, which is the coolest thing. Yeah. So it's it's great. You just need to get more girls out there, which is another topic that we'll hit on. What would you do uh, to help you know encourage more more girls to participate? But before we do that, um, quick one. Ben Atchison wanted to know your favorite times with your parents. Both of them are the reason she is as cool as she is. Is there anything that sticks out or multiple things that stick out with your parents? Um, one thing, like in general, is just we always go to the races together when we drive somewhere mm -hmm. and just like kind of going there as a family and it's this yeah. big like family thing that we, it's like something that we've always done together. So it's like, yeah. if I go to race, it's, like without them is like kind of weird because yeah. like they've always like been there and they always help me and everything. Right. And one like big one that we always go together is Grands, of course. Yeah. So and then when they're at Grands and like see me like win something big and be there at the finish line, that's super yeah. cool. Because they weren't with me in Switzerland when I won the Worlds there. So. Oh, yeah. 
but it's cool how they get to like see in person like me like when like something big that I've been working towards like all year. Well, we'll definitely talk about. Uh, I think I have a missed call. You can call back. Just okay. throw it on speaker. And now you know who it is, right? Yeah, now I know who it is. <laughs> you can, if you want to hold it, how do you just want a it? little away like that? Like this? Nope. Toward you. This. Hey, Carly. Hey, Carly. You're you're the surprise call. I'm the surprise call. Yeah, Peyton didn't know. Peyton didn't know that you were going to call. I didn't. I didn't tell her. So how are you? <laughs> Hi guys. Is it raining where you are? It is not raining where we are. It's a little bit overcast, but it looks like it's going to be a nice day. Oh, good. And where are you at right now? We're in Pittsburgh. Oh no, I mean the race that Westmoreland. I think it was right. Oh yeah, I'm going to be leaving in just a minute to go to Westmoreland. But yes, it's about thirty minutes from my house. Gotcha. And you being the ultimate volunteer, you're going there to help out, right? Um, yeah, it was kind of a crazy situation. Um, due to COVID, the South Park wasn't able to hold their races in a group setting due to the parameters of the county. So they've uh-huh. moved the entire state championship to our track. So we came together a couple tracks trying to make things happen so the state final didn't have to get canceled. Well, thanks for taking the time. Uh, I think I mentioned to you, if you want to... Do you want to do your, your questions and uh, any comments for Peyton, and we'll, we'll get that going? Yeah, sure. Um, so, Jill had asked me to come up with a couple questions, and these are the four that I thought that would be good for you to answer. Peyton, do you have any ideas on how uh, we can grow female participants in BMX? I think, well, I think the girls need, like, to see another girl riding. I think that's a big thing. Just because if they see the guys and most of the times the guys are doing something that like they can't do or just they're kind of intimidating to the girls. So I think definitely having like a girl figure there to encourage and ride with the other girls is a big thing to like help them uh, grow a love for this sport. I agree. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And you do it, Carly. <laughs> you definitely do it, right? We both, we, we both do it. Um, Peyton is... She's very out there on social media and on her local scene, mm-hmm. you know, making a difference. That's what I love to see. Well, she's pretty modest, so I'm glad you said that. <laughs> she's definitely pretty modest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my second question is, how do you like working with Ariel Martin as a coach and a mentor? I love Ariel. She's definitely one of the coolest people that I've ever met, and I'm stoked that I can work with her and everything. Um... Yeah, she's helped me a lot through, like, training and everything, and she's really good for the mental aspect of racing and riding, and, yeah, she just has lots of good things to say and always has lots of input on everything that I do and all the videos that I send her, so she's definitely someone that I love to have in my corner. That's awesome. Ariel's pretty rad. I've known her my entire racing career, so I... I know the feeling that you have for her. <laughs> yeah, and another cool thing about Ariel is that she can like do all this stuff and like demonstrate everything because a lot of the times like coaches won't be able to like show the riders like how to do something but you know Ariel will send it down the supercross hill and jump all the trails so it sounds like yeah it's nice to have somebody that's more than just a coach (laughs) right and Ariel um oh gosh I remembered her story but did she actually medal or did she get hurt right before um, the Olympics? She got, her, she got hurt the day before. So the first the first time she was supposed to go to the Olympics, due to, due to a crash, someone else went in her spot 
And then the second time, she was like the chosen one to go to the Olympics. And the day before they left, she fell and had some life-threatening injuries. So oh my she has a pretty crazy story. There's a couple podcasts out there that will bring you to tears on how amazingly strong that woman really is. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I have to revisit the coffee chatter one that she was on because I did listen to it, but I'll listen to it maybe in a different way after talking to uh, you and Peyton. Yeah, she's definitely one of the strongest human beings I've ever met. Well, she does have a few questions for Peyton, so we're going to get a, a, a taste of what she's thinking about. Uh, <laughs> all right, so you've got a couple funny ones if you okay. want to do those. Yeah, I have. My next one is, uh, Peyton, tell the world more about how hot bacon originated. (laughs) So, hot bacon was my saying of saying, like, that something's awesome. And my friend Emily Montoya and I, when I lived in Phoenix, we, like, came up with it. And we just used it all the time. And we had, like, a few other words that we created that we used to, like, say that something was awesome. But hot bacon was, like, the ultimate word, like, (laughs) to mean, like, 10 out of 10 awesome. And then um, it kind of became, like, a thing. And I made it into shirts. And I gave – I think Carly has a shirt. And I – I do? (laughs) Yeah. And I gave out, like, a bunch of shirts and everything and just say hot bacon on it. And last year I actually – got it some more made like mm-hmm. updated ones just like 20 or so and with like a new design just like kind of keep it going and um it's still something that people like would comment that like knew me when i lived in arizona they'd be like oh hot bacon and everything <laughs> so it's just a funny thing how far back does that go that's probably like eight years ago maybe oh that one yeah when you were yeah. like 10 yeah you were uh you're an originator from an early age <laughs> yeah Sorry, Carl. Oh, there's something even before that. So my, my next question is, Jim was just about, like, sponsorships, and I was thinking about the different companies that you wrote for, and you've been pretty loyal to your companies that you've been with. You've had a lot of long-term sponsorships. But when I'm thinking about the beginning of racing, I can remember, you know, back in 2009 when I did my first, you know, Ride Like a Girl Clinic at Trilogy, and I remember you and, like, a, a few people rode around with the Evil Industry shirt on. So I kind of thought maybe you could talk about that, because I think that was kind of your first brand that you represented that you, again, didn't you and your father originate that company? Yeah, it was actually, so my dad had a big part in it, too, but me and Jay Bertles actually came up with the name and everything on our, I think we were driving home from Tennessee or Kentucky National, and um, it was like a team that we came up with, like a, a fun kind of team. And Scott Meckler was on and Evan Eisenhart and a few other people, Evan's uh-huh. brother. And we all like got jerseys made, t-shirts, it's called Evil Industries. And it was like this mini team. It wasn't like competitive or anything. It was all for fun, but it was just like a cool thing to kind of get everybody together and like keep BMX like fun and like do something like different than everybody mm-hmm. else. You've always been an originator in that aspect. You've always been way ahead of your curve as far as bringing communities together by a natural <laughs> group of people that have the same mentality. Once again, just like just like you, Carly. You do a lot of the a yeah, lot okay. of the same things. It's awesome. And it's making and a difference. Definitely making a difference. Anything else you wanna chat about, Carly? Um no, I mean I I've known Peyton since, you know, she started learning how to balance the gate. So for her to 
win the amateur title, you know, and then watch her go to Belgium and perform on a world level, you know, it's, it's amazing watching a rider go from the beginning to the end. Because when I first met Peyton and her father, I said, if you guys stick with this, she's going places. And he always was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her dad's just as modest as Peyton. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're just having fun. We're not really taking this seriously. That's what he would always tell me. And he'd win title after title. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, just, we're having fun. We're not really taking this too seriously. And I'm like, okay, that's what's getting you through this. But right. he's doing exactly what I told you. Right. Oh gosh, that's funny. Maybe that's a good way to try to convince yourself to uh, basically that it's not a big deal, not over overreact or over, uh, you know, just take the fun out of it. So that's Correct. that's pretty cool. Well, you're pretty amazing, Carly. And as I told you, I wanted to do one with you. So you're going to be up. Maybe after bed. Awesome. Hey, maybe, yeah, maybe you can uh, be my surprise caller. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, she she may be, but we won't be telling you. <laughs> well, enjoy your day, Carly. I'm glad the uh, weather's going to hold out for you. Awesome. Thank you. And you guys enjoy the rest of your interview. Thanks for letting me be part of it. Yeah, thank you, Carly. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. There you go. So that was your surprise call. Someone that's known you forever. I did not expect Carly's surprise caller, so it was a surprise. And you guys, it, it sounds like... Uh, are doing similar things. I mean, she's definitely amazing with the ride like a girl. Yeah. Through the wheel mill, which I, she also does outdoor stuff, right? Yeah. With girls, yeah, it's so. not just that one weekend at wheel mill. I'm, no, yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah, she does. Um, I know she does clinics and like a uh, bunch of different things and yeah. yeah. And she has the team, right? Right. Okay. All right. Just wanted to sort that out. I would be really surprised if it was. The event at the wheel mill only, not any other, because she's so, she's got energy that I've never seen before. Yeah. She's got a ton of energy. So uh, has she mentored you in a way when it comes to that part? Yeah. Of, yeah. Of like, helping other, other BMXers and women, girls? Yeah, I met Carly like ever since I started racing. So yeah. I've known Carly for a while and she was definitely like someone that I've always seen like that wants to help other girls and just like everyone in general, like kind of like grow like the love for this sport and she's always helping everyone out. So that's definitely super cool to see. Yeah. She's pretty good on a bike. That's for sure. Yeah. And a good person. So. Right. It's great. So yeah, she's on the list after Ben. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we'll get this, we'll get all this done. All right. Well, I'm psyched. I'm psyched that was a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, she's pretty Pretty cool. I can't wait to dig more into things with her as well. She, I think she'll provide a lot of a lot of info. I'm going to head another question that's somewhat along those same lines that uh, a friend from Australia sent me. His name's Andrew Bates. He uh, he's from like I want to say Melbourne area. Yeah. He says the question that has always perplexed me is how do we attract more girls in our sport and how do we keep them involved. More female coaches, question mark, more events uh, at the races. As a longtime racer and coach, I think this is vital to the future of our sport. So it's kind of what we talked about, but do you have any opinion on that one? Kind of like the same thing that I said before, just like mm -hmm. having like girls seeing other girls ride. Mm -hmm. But one cool thing that I did, I think it was last Monday, I went to York at Bumps and Berms. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I think it's Revolution Bike Park now. But I oh, went over okay. to York and 
they had me over for a women's night, and it was, like, girls only, yeah. and there were, like, ten or so girls there, mm-hmm. and it was, like, a bunch of girls just showed up, and then I could, like, ride with them and help them. Right. And I think one thing, like, I thought that was a really cool idea, because oftentimes girls get, like, kind of intimidated by the guys, sure. or, like, they don't want to get in the gate next to them, or they're kind of, like, scared to see, yeah. like, guys, like, riding on the track, too, it's, and just... Yeah, so I thought that was like a cool thing, but yeah. So a separate women's night practice night. Yeah, but in my opinion, like, like I never like had like a only girls thing. Like I grew up mm-hmm. like with riding with like only guys. There's like uh-huh. me. It was only like me is the only girl at my local track. Usually, maybe like two or two other girls. Really? So, like that's just one thing that I like grew up doing and. Like, I love, like, just, like, watching the guys and, like, learning from the guys because, right. you know, guys have, like, usually so much more skills than the girls. So yeah. I, like, see them and I'm, like, I want to ride like them. Like, I want to, like, yeah, yeah. try to do that too. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, like, it is encouraging to see, like, other girls, right. like, doing cool stuff from the younger girls. But it's also cool, like, seeing the guys do something really cool too and, like, the girls, like, wanting to be like them. Mm-hmm. So I think it could go either way. But, yeah. Definitely. I, I think guys can definitely push that too. So I think that responsibility, in my opinion, the responsibility is just as much with the guys as well. So I know Women's Weekend, that's why, it's one of the reasons I'm in the area this weekend. That one's pretty awesome because a lot of guys bring their girlfriends or wives or whatever the story is. There's, there's a, two couples that I know of from Mass in Rhode Island, I think, that... Uh, they go together, and the husbands stay home, take care of the kids. I'm pretty sure both of them have have uh, started families, but it's their it's truly their weekend out. So the um, yeah, the women's weekend is is awesome too. But that's also with guys, and you know, yeah, it's, it's good to have that. Yeah, there's good things happening. I just, just gotta keep it rolling, right? Yeah, but I think if they like didn't have a women's weekend, like there definitely mm-hmm. wouldn't be like any girls at the trails. Yeah. So it's. It's super cool how they have like the women's jam and everything because mm-hmm. it definitely gets people out that like wouldn't come if it right. wasn't like a women's weekend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's when I first met you. It was the year before I had the podcast booth, but um, I I want to say, and I think I asked you about this. I want to say you were hipping into the what's it called back six, I think, at Caddy, but I want to say you hipped into the second jump of that six pack. Does that make sense? Because I know you were hitting some lines that I was like, oh my gosh, this girl is ripping it up. Yeah. So does that make sense that you, where I'm talking about? Because that's a hard section. Yeah. No, I I think I've done, like I've done that back six line that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But I actually didn't do that one until last year for some reason. Because I always did the one Caleb's that's over from Mellow Yellow that's in the middle. Uh, but okay. I actually think Caleb's is harder than the back six, so I don't know why I never even done yeah. the back six. I just never even thought about it. Yeah. And then, like, after, like, where you usually cut off, like, mm-hmm. after that hip at the end, like yeah. you said, like, with the case pad on it, right. there's that back, no, uh, 79. Yes. Uh, I go through that one, too. That curves to the left yeah. and around? Yeah. You do that one, too? Yeah. Which is awesome because that's, I think that's, tough to nail everything just right so you keep momentum when you're doing some pretty some pretty good hips all the way around right so definitely you definitely stuck out to me and then the more i 
kind of read into what, what you were doing. I was like, oh my gosh, you races too? Like, I think it's important to ride trails and race because not just because I'm this old schooler and that's what we used to do. You know, you go to the race and go to the trails after if there were any nearby. I wish that combination was still there. Maybe that would also help. Um, but, you know, it has kind of turned into two different bikes, but you're doing both. So you're finding a way to do it. So yeah. It can be done. Right. <laughs> you know, you can enjoy both. That your presence at that was was uh, definitely a reason I wanted to, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you. But do you know Jocelyn Kamara? Uh, she's from Connecticut, but lives on Long Island now. She's always at Women's Weekend. She's my, my crazy uh, BMX daughter. You know, I, I would probably recognize her if I see her, but I don't recognize okay. her name, yeah. Yeah, she, she goes under Joss 313. Uh, she's the one that did the open loop at Swamp Fest and other crazy stuff. Uh, she's she's really super into it, and I, yeah. I, I love it. So, But anyway, she says, do you ever get the pre-race slash competition jitters, and how do you handle them? Yeah. Sometimes I, I get nervous before a race, but I try to, like, channel, like, all that energy, like, into, like, positivity, like, for racing. Like, I don't, like, get myself down and say, oh, no, like, I'm nervous. Like, I'm not going to do well. I try to, like, because mm -hmm. why I'm nervous is because I want to do well. Like, I want to perform well. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely, like, not all the time, but, like, sometimes, like, if I'm, I don't know, like somewhere like Worlds, mm -hmm. where it's like this huge, like big scale that I never like raced at before. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but really I just try to, like I don't try to like ignore it, but mm -hmm. I just try to like embrace those emotions and like channel that energy like towards like having a good lap and all that. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had, uh, I guess what we call in this sport, like a mind coach, someone that really works with you mentally on the whole confidence aspect so you can block it out um no but ariel's really good at that too she kind of hits on like everything from like mental to physical to sure all that stuff so yeah yeah ariel definitely has some good knowledge when it comes to that i sent you ariel's questions you know now would be a good time to to put those in there all right so here's one from ariel and what's her maiden name martin yeah. that's right okay and now it's Verharen? Verharen. Verharen. So what's your favorite new nutritious, quote-unquote, nutritious food that you have eaten or learned to cook in the last year? So Ariel actually got me a book for my birthday slash graduation present on yeah. a bunch of, like, nutritious things to cook and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But, so, hold on. Aside from that for a minute, so yeah. I've always been kind of, like, a picky eater, and I'm that person that, like, won't like eat the skin on like the apples or like anything like that but I I eat an apple like every single day now with the skin on it and I have to like slice it in the wedges because uh -huh. I don't know that makes me eat it more yeah. but I still like have an apple every day so that's like one thing that I've been doing for a while now mm -hmm. and going back to that book I actually made these muffins that um like I went through the book and I like uh, went through a bunch of stuff that mm -hmm. I like thought I should make and I made those a few days ago uh -huh. and I went shopping like all by myself got all this stuff and then made them they have like 
carrots, apples, and like nuts in them, and you know you wouldn't mm-hmm. think that like would go in kind of like a a muffin. So yeah, I was like right, kind right. of skeptical, and they're actually one of like the best things I've made and like eaten ever. So mm-hmm. that's a big thing. I'll definitely be making those again. But yeah. um, no, I'm really excited about like that book and like making some more stuff from that. But I always try to like try something new when I mm-hmm. go somewhere. You know, right. I am like a really picky eater, but I'm like mm-hmm. I'm always down to try something new even right, though right. if i know like i'm probably not gonna like it <laughs> well that's good yeah <laughs> so you're not totally locked out against it and of course as you know tastes change and sometimes things that you wouldn't have eaten at 14 you'll eat at 18. right you know no so a lot of stuff is just like i don't like the texture mm-hmm. like i like like ketchup and sauce and everything but mm-hmm. i just like can't have tomatoes like, it's just, like, oh. I just don't like tomatoes, but I've tried. Like, I think I, I try, like, once a year, and it's still not clicking, but... I've An actual <laughs> whole tomato, not not mashed up into a sauce. Yeah. But like they a have whole to be, tomato. Like, whole. Like, mm-hmm. even if it's just, like, chunks. Yeah. Get some skin issues with, with, <laughs> yeah. with uh, fruit and vegetables. <laughs> All right. So that's what she was talking about. I knew she wasn't talking about a Wawa donut that I just had. That was... <laughs> Yeah, probably not. I don't want to do that again. But, uh, all right, so she wants to know, what's the next skill you would like to master? Well, I've always wanted to manual, like, a whole straight, mm-hmm. which, like, I try a lot of my track, which I still have yet to get. It. But, um, yeah. yeah, that's something, like, I've always wanted to do, like, be able to manual just, like, a whole straight away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, I think that would look super cool. And, you yeah. know, I don't know any girls that can, like, do something like that, so... Yeah. But I always try to work on skills like pool manuals and mm-hmm. like jump land manuals back at the track. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to learn how to bump jump, but last time I tried that, I flipped over the bars and broke my visor off, so I haven't done it since. Yeah, bump jumping's hard. We used to do that a lot in the yeah. 90s, and it's we would only do one single jump. You know, it wasn't in the middle of a series of jumps, so you didn't have to try to yank up in the middle of a a rhythm or anything like that but it's still hard either way it's hard because you have to stay back right and then pull up the back end but anyway that would be an awesome skill to learn yeah seeing you rip through your track the video that i saw recently i can't see why you wouldn't be able to figure it out yeah and do it so anyway by the way uh trilogy is that the one that's run by the nappers yes okay Power cleans or squats in the gym? I would say power cleans, but even though I'm not, like, crazy good at them, it's Mm -hmm. just, like, there's so much stuff that you all need to, like, put together to get it perfectly, and Mm -hmm. I'm, like, I'm still working on it. Like, if I get one thing, then I'll, like, be missing another thing. So, um, no, but even though I'm not, like, the best at them, it's definitely something Uh that I like doing and, like, want to get better at, Uh so... Yeah, like squats, not not a fan of back squats. Front squats are okay, but I definitely like the um, like um, power movements better and like anything like agility more, like, like mm-hmm. box jumps and stuff like that. For fast twitch? Yeah. Okay. So when you do, I don't know anything about power clean, so that I would imagine that is not a, uh, that's a pretty aggressive pull. So... That would be a uh, like a fast switch. Yeah, exercise. it's just a really explosive movement. Got I it. I kind of like all the stuff like that in the gym. Mm-hmm. 
it always freaks me out when I'm watching because uh, some of the weights are are pretty high up there that people are doing, and it's. Uh, do you have to wear like a weight belt or anything when you do it? No. No. Well, you don't want to assist, right? I mean, you want to do it as your body normally would be on a bike and not have the assistance of a yeah, like a belt. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't use a a belt or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you do, do you do squats also? Yes. Do you do like high reps and not max weight when you do squats? I don't know about this because, yeah. Um, I don't train for BMX. No, I'll do like a certain percentage mm -hmm. or like a, a, like a max that mm -hmm. I'll do at the end of each training block and um, for the amount of reps. Mm -hmm. But yeah, aerial race that all out for me and then I like input the data and everything. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, anyway, favorite track or place to ride for training? I would say my favorite amateur track is Egg Harbor, New Jersey. Ooh, I really like that track just because it's so technical and usually all the tracks in the U.S. Like I haven't ridden like any amateur tracks internationally, but mm -hmm. in the U.S. like that one like it's technical and there's a lot of like different stuff to do. So I really like that track. Yeah. And my favorite supercross track I think is... Beijing replica in Chula Vista at the training center. Okay. I really like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Were you able to spend time there? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I head out there like twice a year usually, but I haven't been out there this year yet. Now you were on Haro yes. at one time, right? Yeah. Uh, did you, was that the time when, when you were going out there? Because is that where Dale Holmes brings his riders? Um, no, like I wasn't going out there like for Haro, but because mm -hmm. um, like Jamie staff had a part in the team too, so uh -huh. Jamie works at the center, so yeah. like I had a connection to the center through Jamie. I see. But um, no, like we go out there to like train with mm -hmm. Ariel would come out and like it it would be like a team thing, but sometimes like it wouldn't be a team thing. Right. Like I could just go out. Yeah, it'd be nice if there's something on the East Coast, huh? Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned uh, you lived in Phoenix. Yes. At one time? Was that where you were born? Or? No. I was born here in Pottstown, and then mm -hmm. I moved to Phoenix when I was 10, and I was there for three years. With your family? Yes. Okay. And I was there for three years, and then we didn't really like it, and we came back. Yeah. So. That's good. It was really hot there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you gave it a good try. I mean, yeah. three years is not, you know. It's, uh, it's a pretty good chance to figure out what, you, what all of you are comfortable with. I think her last one is, will you ever beat Coach at the Gravity Slalom? Well, I'm, I'm ready. Last year, we didn't get to have our head-to-head. -head, and mm -hmm. this year, we don't get to have our head-to-head. -head. But yeah. next year, mm -hmm. I am, I'm ready. Like, Ariel, she was on top the past... Like last time we raced, but mm -hmm. this time around, <laughs> she's going down. She doesn't know it yet. Now she's gonna know now after listening to this. But yeah, she's going down for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, and she probably loves it too. She's probably saying, "Bring it on too!" Like, oh yeah, yeah. You think you're gonna beat me, kid? <laughs> There's no way. Uh, I'm putting words in her mouth, but anyway, uh, let me do the last one off of your phone, then you can have your phone back. So I don't have to have you keep unlocking. Uh, these are from Scott. 
You said a Meckler. little. Yeah, I said yeah. Meckler. I think actually we'll talk about your different accomplishments. That's that's one of them. But I will say, I you could choose one. This will be like one of those quick shots, like uh, you're talking about with coffee chatter. Yeah. So it's gates and straights at the track on Tuesday or golden hour tech session at the trails on Friday, which would be behind your house, your own setup, right? Golden hour tech session at the trails. All day, every day. I mean, that that's with that choice. That's always the pretty much you gut feeling on that one. Like I like doing gates and straights, but it's always fun to ride back here and mm -hmm. golden hours like right when the sunset like starts to go down and um mm -hmm. the weather is like perfect yeah. no sun in the eyes around the corners everything's all shaded yeah. so yeah oh, it's, it's nice some yeah some of them would be facing west right some of the turns as you come out would be facing right out the sun sunset yeah gotcha all right, and he also asked, will Evil Industries make a comeback? Uh, and well, I kind of think Evil Industries is, like, it's still kind of, like, together in a way. Like, we yeah. still have, like, Bertles on the side, and yeah. Scott and me and my dad hang out here, mm -hmm. and then I don't know where Evan is. He's somewhere, but, yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. Probably building for somebody. Uh, he's, is he still in school, Evan? I... I think he graduated. I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. But he's still living around the area, so he... Yeah. How far is he from here? Um. Well, when he lived in Allentown, he was like 45 minutes, but I'm not sure if he's still there mm -hmm. or not. He has some real good trails, too, at his house, right? Yeah, he did, but uh, they all got taken down. Oh. Yeah. All right. Last one from Scott. Any secret pump track training you can share that goes down at the backyard trails? Well, we we always um, work on like opposite foot stuff yeah. a lot of the time. So last year, like I couldn't even like pump opposite foot, and I was at like the pump track with Ariel in North uh -huh. Carolina, and I like couldn't even ride with my yeah. other foot forward. And in the backyard this year, we like in last year we started like riding a little bit opposite foot. Then this year, like now I do like. Some of the warm-up lines we do mm -hmm. opposite foot. I like jump the first straight, the whole second straight, and like double manuals and stuff. Yeah. So that's definitely something we've been working on. And another thing is that, so for like more like pump track training, we start near, like there's a bench at the end of the track where we like sit. We start like right near there and mm -hmm. no pedals and we just go around the track backwards and try to get up like the hill. Mm -hmm. So that's another one that we do that's super tiring. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, yeah, that, and recently we've also been trying to get through the, like all the corners, just no breaks, which um, we can okay. do it, but it's kind of scary most of the time. Yeah. Cause you're picking up speed, right? I mean, yeah. it is, it is downhill. Yeah. And that, that third turn, especially that's just like, it like whips you. So it's the, which will be the last turn. Yeah. Gotcha. We'll yeah. definitely go out there and walk it later if you're right with that. Yeah, so definitely some opposite foot stuff, uh, backwards pump laps, and just like yeah. not hitting our brakes in the turns. Those are right. some of the three things that we do lately. Opposite foot has to be difficult because that's such a. It's it you've already trained your mind to to be with your regular foot forward wherever yours is. Mine's left foot forward. I I can't imagine jumping right yeah. foot forward. Yeah, it's weird because BMX is all like muscle memory. And after doing it for, uh, I don't know, like 
10 years and then try to yeah. like switch your feet it's yeah. yeah and like your body positions in a different place so mm-hmm. it's all it's completely different but once you get the hang of it it's not that difficult yeah yeah it's just like using the other side of your brain kind of yeah that type of deal why don't we hit the the titles because the titles are pretty interesting to me because they're kind of they're kind of all over which is awesome yeah so seven time nag number one right right that's and that was all us or aba slash usa bmx the yeah. seven of them nbl aba and usa bmx on uh, so oh total NAG. okay yeah. so some of them you may have doubled you may have wanted nbl and well, aba before they merged so before i moved to phoenix mm-hmm. i won I don't know if I won one or two MBL titles. Uh-huh. Then I moved there and I won like one ABA and then that's when it merged after that. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So then the other four, whatever it is, were like yeah. four, whatever. You know. No big <laughs> well, number. The last MBL grants, I remember like no one really like showed up there. It was kind of like weird. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I didn't really count that one as like the last grants. I raised the ABA one that year anyways. But, yeah. like, yeah, MBO was kind of, like, fading on the very last year. I don't, I think that was 2011. Mm-hmm. That was, like, technically the last grants. But I know I won the MBL in 2010, and then I won the last ABA grant in 2011, and then I won the first USAB Max grants in 2012. Oh, so it was, nice. like, kind of, like, the last of mm-hmm. all of them, and then, like, the first of USAB Max, which was kind of cool. Have you got an amateur girl? Yes. You also got an amateur girl to, like, the overall... Yeah, I won that in 2018, but I was so close to it, like, so many times, or, like, I would, like, always win, but then it's all, it all comes down to rider count, yeah. and, like, the one year, like, I would have won it, and I got, like, second at the Grand, so I was like... <laughs> oh, see, yeah. But I won um, the NBL, like, amateur girl, too, like, overall amateur girl in NBL. Oh, they, I didn't know they had one. That was when I was out of it. I didn't know they had one um, also. Yeah. So it's similar to ABA, what ABA was doing, has been doing all these years. NBL did that toward yeah. the end. Yeah, they had something like that, and I won the overall for that one. But then, like, I wouldn't consider that, like, a mm-hmm. overall title just because they weren't, like, combined yet. So, yeah. no, but I won the amateur title in 2018. Wow. Congratulations. So that's a hard one to get. The pressure must be intense on the gate. Because, you know, obviously those are the ones I was talking about, watching a lot of them online. And it's so, I love the buildup. I think it's really cool when they say, you know, with a win and only a win, yeah. Peyton can become, you know, the amateur number one. Yeah. Uh, but that pressure, I don't know, maybe the times before where you just missed it, maybe you just had it focused more that because you really, really didn't want it slip, to slip away. Yeah. Well, honestly, I feel like Grands isn't that much pressure for me. Like, I, yeah. it sounds weird, but, um, like, everything that I've done, like, up to Grands, it's like, Grands, like, this is it, like, it's like just a number plate, like, it really doesn't mean, like, yeah. that much, so, no, it's just like, I already, like, my season's already kind of been done by the time I'm at Grands, it's like, it doesn't matter how I do at Grands, I already had a great season, just yeah. like, it's like it's either like I top it off or like, right. Yeah, but right. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good. How well? How long have you been working with Ariel? Since 
2017. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe she helped you a little bit with that, you think? Or do you think that was more of you just kind of figuring out what worked for you as far as the mind game? No, I think Ariel's definitely helps me with that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be difficult, I think. So it's, uh, it must be good to have someone kind of just guiding you through that process and just like, like you said, you've accomplished a lot during the year. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. You know, you're still going to try as hard as you can anyway. Right. Um, would you, will you be going to the Grands this year, uh, knowing that it's probably going to be a, is it like the men's side where it's like basically, if All right. you win that, All right. you Here, win it? Here's the thing. All so, right. I haven't done any amateur races this year, mm -hmm. so it's like, I'm not going to get a title or anything, sure. but like... I don't like I'm not interested in getting a nag title like I'm racing junior like my plans are to go to elite next year like I don't really sure. want to like go down and like race amateur say oh like yay yeah, I got yeah. nag one and then right. just like turn elite it's like yeah. yeah yeah so like um so they don't have they're actually not having a junior class this year at Grands oh. so they're like oh you guys aren't allowed to have a junior class and I was like okay can we race the elites then yeah like and they said up. no so oh so there's no spot so for it's you like, really unless you want to go down so the only way i can race grands is if i want to go down and race amateur yeah and like i don't know like it's racing like mm -hmm. but then again like i don't really have interest in just going and like yeah saying i won grands and then right. that's it like right. and i don't really think it's like a true grands either mm -hmm. this year it's just going to be a lot different. Yeah. I hope they get to at least see it through that race before things, you know, before restrictions start to probably get a little tougher, I would think. Um, because people put so much effort into it, and this year has been definitely weird. Um, because you just don't know. I mean, right. I keep checking, like, can I go to Pennsylvania and I have to quarantine when I get back to Connecticut? You yeah. Know, so I'm watching for Pennsylvania to, to, to become a, a quarantine state or however you say it. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to happen by the by Thanksgiving. We're going to be into that season. So we'll, we'll see. I, I hope... Uh, I understand the international level that you were talking about, where you really can't do it in fairness to people coming that would have come from around the world. Right. But nationally, hopefully they can work something out. I look at it as, uh, I love the Tour de France. I love watching it. It's just, I don't know, some people think it's crazy to sit there and watch four or five hours of people riding road bikes, but it's there's so much to it because of, you know, team tactics, whole thing. But anyway, if, if they can make the Tour de France... <laughs> work gotta be away yeah you know, they kept their bubble we'll say that's what they talked about the whole time right keep your bubble and don't go out of that bubble for you know because that's where you'll get sick and maybe make the rest of the people in your bubble sick yeah so. i don't know like there's a usab max national every single weekend mm -hmm. so yeah. if they're supposed to be quarantining no one's really quarantining yeah like so either way like yeah. Everyone's already been flying all over the country, going all these different places, like, mm -hmm. so everyone's going to be together anyways, even if they try to, like, implement the rules of, like, social distancing and all that stuff, right. so it's like, is it really working yeah. if we're having everyone go to these nationals every single weekend and then yeah. just, like, 
having to travel all over the place. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's definitely a tricky time. There's, yeah, there's, there's no question. Uh, all right, let's see what else I have on my end. I've got plenty of questions. Don't worry, we can go all day <laughs> on this. Actually, let's keep going through the. Um, let's do the uh, your accomplishments because I've got. Oh. Questions on lots of them. So the current junior national champ, we already talked about, that would have been through... um, Yeah, you better explain that one to me again. Okay, so the one I was talking about earlier with the black background plate, Yes. that's World Cup junior ranking. So technically, there's not like a title for that. It's just like Mm -hmm. you're the junior points leader. But then junior national champion was in Houston this year off the Big Hill on Friday. Um... Oh, that didn't cancel. That's not the one they canceled? No. The Worlds got canceled, but they had the National in Houston this year, and that mm-hmm. was like Nat Champs, and that's for the sleeve. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I won that for junior. Okay. And, um, yeah, so that's like the junior title. I got you. So you, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. So you've got, okay. So you've got the junior title domestically, or you in the U.S. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you got the... So you get the sleeve, you said, from that? Yes. So that's like the start. This is like crazy confusing, right? Like <laughs> if you're not, if you're, if you're me yeah. coming back into it and with all these changes. That's going to be the Stars and Stripes sleeve that like you see Connor has. Gotcha. Not a rainbow sleeve. That's only UCI. And you have that for the pump track. Right. Deal. But okay. pump track is going to be the whole rainbow jersey, not just a sleeve. No, no. I mean the full shirt. Yeah, yeah. So you got rainbows across the chest. Right. right? Okay. Yeah. So the, the Stars and Stripes sleeve, that's the one Corbin won last year, year before, whatever. He always, he always shows up and kills it for that particular race, right? Yeah, Connor and Corbin always seem to trade off yeah. on the jersey, yeah. Yeah. But Connor won it this year. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Corbin must have had it last year, then, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think he did. Yeah. It's amazing. Those guys uh, just push each other, but... All right, well, I get that, then. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I, actually, the other one was, um, so Junior Bowl 4, definitely understand that one, how that works. And Rock, um, seven-time Rock champ. So that, uh, the race of champions, Rock, for those that don't know, is that combined at all, or is it just your age group? So that, go- it's kind of weird because it goes by your birthday as of, like, the state championship in your state. Which could be so, September, it could be right. whenever so you're in your... Some years, like, I'll race a handful of different people than I would, like, other years because their birthdays are kind of along, like, when the state championship finals are, and sometimes yeah. it'll get switched around. Yeah. But it's usually the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Rock, it's on Friday night at Grands. Yeah, yeah. Or all day Friday. <laughs> it right. takes forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah. Yeah, so this rock, but I mean, it wasn't. Oh, so. Um, I suppose it's always been like that because you, if, seeing that you won seven of them, that goes back to when you were 11. Did you win seven in a row? No, I won. I would win like two in a row and mm-hmm. then two or three, and it'd be like one year off, then like two, one year off. Like, oh, it would just you. be like that. Mm-hmm. The year I won the amateur title, I didn't win rock. But then the year before that, I didn't win NAG, but I won ROCK. Like, <laughs> yeah. I never have, like, 
Like, if I get rock one, yeah. like, sometimes I got a nag one, mm-hmm. but then, like, sometimes I wouldn't. And then if I didn't get rock, I would end up yeah. winning nag. Like, there really, right. like, wouldn't be a year where, like, I wouldn't have, like, either of the yeah. plates. But with rock, um, you have to do, like, a state race or something. Yeah. And that's, like, how you qualify. And it's, like, no international people. So it's kind of different in that sense. Sure. But it's basically, like, the same as grands. Like, mm-hmm. I have, like, I had quarters, same as I do mm-hmm. for grands. And pretty much like almost all the same people that would race right. for grands right so it's kind of like a a prelude to grands mm-hmm. kind of right still means something that's yeah. for sure because you still like you said you still have quarters right yeah have you been uh in what you consider a higher rider count class through the years has it kept up um or is it you know what how, how has that gone for like participation what ages did it peak? It definitely peaked 15, count. 16. Yeah. The first year I got, I think I got third mm-hmm. at Grants, And then the next year I was 16 and we had eights at Grants. I think we had like 50, like eight riders or something. It like, had to have been the biggest class. Yeah, it was the biggest girls class. That's the year I won the amateur title too. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Huge class, biggest like class I've raced besides Worlds at yeah. um, Rock Hill in twenty seventeen. Wow, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, but it's crazy how many girls there are. Like I think yeah. every single year, or no, every single race that year we had like semis. Or, mm-hmm. So it was a really big class. Yeah. But then you see in like seventeen twenty, like this year, there's like total points some days. So yeah. or like they like have to get bumped down or like bumped mm. up but there seems to like the 1720 it seems to like kind of fade a little bit because mm-hmm. everyone like they're either like oh i want to go professional or they want to like mm-hmm. pursue like something like for school so gotcha. it's they kind of like make that decision right right all right well here comes the balance question then because i always wonder how people can balance i mean balance different uh, different goals with the long-term goal as far as education, which we talked about a little bit over the over the by text throughout the week. Uh, you're yeah, just tell me where you're at with that, and, and whether it's difficult or whether you think you found the balance for now, because yeah. I know it, you you just started right this semester. Right. So when I did public school, it was really tough because I always take like honors classes and Mm -hmm. everything so I did that and I would miss like two or three weeks at a time Mm -hmm. and a lot of the times I would tell my teachers like hey I'm gonna like I would tell them like a month in advance like the exact days I'm gonna be gone or like I would just give them like a calendar of like when I'm not gonna be there Mm -hmm. and then I would like remind them and I still like wouldn't get any work for while I'm gone so then I need to come back I need to make everything up Mm-hmm. So then my junior year, I did online school, which was okay, but mm-hmm. it was weird because I couldn't, like, interact with anyone, and then they didn't have, like, really, like, an honors option in the mm-hmm. school, like, the program that I had, so it was definitely kind of weird, but there was still, like, a handful of, like, work to do, mm-hmm. but... Then the past year, I went back to my public school for my senior year because I wanted to, like, go to prom and I wanted to graduate. Like, I didn't Mm want to, like, graduate virtually and I want to see all my friends. Mm -hmm. So I went back and then 
you know, we didn't really get the whole experience because yeah. of COVID. So you I get are to the it. generation that, that <laughs> missed out on some social, you know, some things that we we all yeah so normally experience. I like I didn't get to go to prom. I didn't mm. get like a formal graduation. So right. it was right. really weird and. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one. That's this whole situation is obviously still developing it's it's uh we're not out of it so it's yeah who knows how it'll affect well we know how it's affecting you now your distance learning you can go right but if you feel more comfortable even with high schoolers they can say excuse me that uh they're more comfortable learning from home because they feel they're at risk going to school right you know yeah so, so then like now with college i'm going to a community college for two years mm -hmm. and I was gonna do it like online anyways so it doesn't really like affect me like with COVID and everything because right. um, I was getting like if I travel and all that all stuff right. but so I'm trying to get like a head start now because I'm not traveling anywhere so I did right. two six-week English courses over the summer that I oh you did yeah and oh, then good for you. I have like it's called like dual enrollment for mm -hmm. statistics. I did that for high school and you like pay like 200 bucks if you had like a grade high enough in your high school class right. and it would like transfer over all the credits for like, cause I needed statistics for like what I want my degree in. So mm -hmm. I like already have that and you yeah. know, I pay like 200 or so dollars opposed to like over a thousand. That's where your AP classes transferred in and gave you That was actually credit. just like a regular like course it wasn't even no. AP so yeah yeah so yeah and then I had like an AP score that like got rid of an elective for me so oh, nice. I have like all those courses and now I'm taking two other online courses mm -hmm. and then I start like another one in like four weeks and they all get done by like Christmas so that's another like yeah nine credits right so right. I'm trying to get like a head start a little bit I'm only taking like two at a time just because I still do like gym a few right. times a week i do sprints i go to the track like right. i still have like i still train full time mm -hmm. so i'm more like a part-time student but i think if i like traveled like mm -hmm. i wouldn't be able to do any of this right, right so even if it is online or maybe i would just take like one right so right but it's been working out so far and that's good yeah what is the ultimate goal you mentioned an, uh, an education goal what's what's that um well, I'm just, I'm getting a two-year degree in exercise science mm -hmm. at my community college, and I don't know how long that'll take. It might take me like three years or like mm -hmm. three and a half years. Right. And then after that, I'm not sure where I want to go, but I would want to transfer somewhere different and study mm -hmm. kinesiology, which is something oh, that yeah. would take me into like sports medicine or mm -hmm. like something like exercise science again, something along the lines yeah. of that, because that like interests right. me and I feel like it would be mm -hmm. something that I enjoy because it kind of ties back into like BMX and right. like, right. like I know like some stuff about that and like I've kind of like experienced like some of the things like yeah. associated with that and um, like when I go to Chula for the center there's all the people that work at sports med and they always tell me how much like they love their jobs and everything oh, nice. so it seems like a really cool thing to do mm -hmm. like I know like a handful of people that are doing that also yeah so like that's the main goal like uh -huh. to get like a degree right. in kinesiology, which I have no idea how long that's going to take. Like, mm -hmm. I, that might be something that I have to do like after I'm done like racing, oh, or I like right, kind of right. go back to it after that. 
so you can do your practicals like yeah. actually in the with a physical therapist or, or however it yeah. works because my main goal is to go to the olympics for racing so that's like the yeah i was getting there what's so it's the uh yeah we'll get back if you're good with the education part yeah that yeah. works in with i guess you call that it's only really three and a half years now right for the next cycle assuming they have it this coming year then you're now we're only three years away from the next one, right? Yeah. I'm sure they won't right. change it and I'll do it on odd years. Yeah. No, I, so anyway, I think we'll keep it the same. Yeah. Yeah. So that would time out pretty well if you could do what you can before the next Olympics. Yeah. Um, like. And of course you're going to have to, you know, do a lot of work to, to make it. To yeah. Be, to have the, to have the points to do it. Yeah. Like I definitely want to go like 2024 20, and 2028, 20, but like another goal that I have is maybe even like going next year mm-hmm. too, because yeah, like, yeah, it's What's definitely that? like a big goal. Like that's yeah. like one thing I've always wanted to do is just like go to the Olympics for BMX and like not just go, but like medal. Right. So. Right. How long has that been a goal? Uh, we're, we're a few Olympics in, I think this will be the third or fourth time, at, where it's this not an exhibition, it's actually a medal sport. The fourth, I think. This will be the fourth? Yeah, because Beijing, London, Rio. So this is gotcha. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah. So you're going to try, so it's almost like a reset, right? Because they can't, not they, but the U.S. coaches like Jamie Staff, or I shouldn't say like Jamie Staff, Jamie Staff, <laughs> right? right? Um, he... So anything could happen to anyone that was currently in the 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 two with the alternate, right? Is it still two with an alternate? The U.S. because of what you earned, well, what they earned. So it goes by country points, and yeah. the U.S. actually has three spots for girls. Three full spots. Three full spots. And then an alternate. Yes, and the guys only have like two in an alternate because it goes on like how their country is ranked for world cups yeah remember earlier i said like every country kind of like does the ranking differently so u.s like only based on like world cups pretty much i think there's like a few like other like small maybe like uci races that somehow play in Mm -hmm. but like they mainly get like like everyone that goes like gets their points only from like world cups gotcha okay so uh so right now i would imagine it's elise Felicia, maybe? Yeah. Stancil? Mm-hmm. And who else was and on Brooke. there? Oh, Brooke Crane. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm sorry, how did I forget about her? <laughs> Super fast. Um, so there's those three. Who is there an alternate? Is there an alternate right now? Um, No. Just because we yeah. didn't get that far? like. It's... Yeah, and I think they're actually the only ones that have any kind of points at all. Yeah. Because you only get points if you make a World Cup main. Mm-hmm. So, like last year, I raced Rock Hill World Cup for my first ever World Cup, and I like made it to semis. Uh-huh. But that's as far as I got. Yeah. But I think I can make a main. Yeah. Everything just seems to like pan out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw a lap that you did at Trilogy that you just posted uh, yesterday, maybe? Yeah. And you had the speed and the flow. Absolutely, it looked identical to the women that are racing USI World World Cup Series. You look really, really strong. So, you know, I would be pretty confident if I was you. That's, and you are, so that's great. 
Yeah, so I, I could see that happening. Yeah. To not, to, so you're obviously aiming not to be an, the alternate, but uh, if that's what it becomes, then do you, do you know how that works? If they, do you bring the alternate just in case that third, one of those three gets hurt in practice or something? I'm not too sure. Yeah, I'm not too sure on like the whole process. Like, like we said, like with the World Cups earlier, yeah. I feel like you kind of need to like participate in it to like fully understand. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I'm not too sure on the whole thing. I'm, but I'm so happy to hear that. I'm. I may have said this before, but I'm not the only one that's a little confused. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, because it's probably not that clear with probably anyone because it's never quite happened like this, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they always seem to change, like, how they do oh. this system, like, every yeah. single year, so... Right, right. Yeah, that can be a bit confusing, too, I'm sure. But, uh, anyway, let's talk uh, Pump Track. How did Pump Track even come up under your radar to go to the Northwest to race in, was it Washington, you said? Yeah. Washington State? How did that come up? Well, we just saw it, well, my mom actually saw it, um not last year, but two years ago, mm-hmm. when, um, what was it, David Graff won, and Krista won, and like I said, I went to, like, the wheel mill, and I was like, I think I would be, like, good at something like this, so. Oh, right, right, okay. That's why Yeah. we, like, decided to go, mm-hmm. and, you know, it worked out in the end, so, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, so now you're, like, pumped up for that, too. That was a really, <laughs> not meant to be, but that was... But, ac- accidental bad joke there, but yeah. But like, I don't do any like specific training for pump track or mm-hmm. anything. Like, I don't change my bike setup. I I don't do anything differently. I just train like for BMX mm-hmm. as I would, and then pump track is like something like on the side for fun that I do. Right. But it's just I just grab my bike right. and I just ride. Like I don't have a pump track near me or anything. Right. I think the closest one is uh, there's one in New York. There is, yeah. ran, the, ran the border, right? In Port Jervis? Yeah, but... I'm supposed to stop there on the way home from... Tonight, actually, I'm supposed to stop there. Because yeah. I still haven't been, but it, I've heard it's awesome. It's a really good one. Yeah, so I think that one's the closest one to me. And then, besides that, there's, like, one in North Carolina, like... Yeah. All, like, eight and a half hours south. So, yeah. there's really nothing, like, near me to practice. Like, I do have in the backyard, like I said, the mm-hmm. backwards pump laps that I do to, like kind of compensate for that and then trilogy mm-hmm. is more of a pump track style track too because there's no pedaling and it's just yeah. all kind of track speed there so yeah. i definitely have like elements that yeah like mimic a pump track even though i don't have an actual pump track here yeah it seems like turns are the biggest difference to me it seems like there's a the, the turns are so fast do you ever watch that remy morton no okay that he rides bmx and and uh dirt jumpers He's from Australia, but when when he's whipping down the mountain, so it's I know it's not a pump track, but the whole idea of just we'll say esterns, boom, 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 boom. You just don't have that on a BMX track, but it seems like that on a paved pump track where you're just turn to turn, maybe some rollers in between. But yeah, there's there's probably one element that you can't replicate here or at Trilogy, I would imagine, because the turns of trilogy are naturally built for more people yeah. to go around. So, yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't but know how far Port Jervis is, but 
They're putting out more pump tracks everywhere, so maybe right. maybe it'll just work out. Yeah, but like the turns in my backyard and mm-hmm. even Trilogy, they're like super tight for like how oh, fast yeah. you're going. Oh, okay. So even if they're not as like small as the pump track ones, like based on speed, like they pretty mm-hmm. much feel the same just because of how tight they are. Oh, okay. So yeah, like I know I did like a full lap of Trilogy on Thursday, mm-hmm. like two days ago when I went and yeah. um. I was like, I'm not going to tap my brakes in the second corner. I just, like, didn't put my finger on the lever on the lever at all. Yeah. And it was so scary. My, like, bike, whole bike was chattering, and I was like, oh, my God. But. <laughs> oh, man. It's, uh. Well, so it still makes it amazing to me that you went to Switzerland and won this thing. Because, yeah. you're, because you're still learning. Right. You're, you're only going to get faster. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. When I saw you last year, you were heading off to, I believe it was a downhill race in Maryland, maybe? Was yeah. it Maryland? Um, the next weekend, I believe you were going to Maryland or yeah, something. Yeah, I think so. So what were you racing then? I was doing a dual slalom race there. Okay. I, it's at the farm in Maryland. Okay. Um, I forget like what town it's in. Sure. But um, I go there every year, just mm-hmm. like have like a borrowed bike yeah. that I've never ridden. Like I ride like once a year, I just borrow it yeah, and yeah. Um, I just race. And so, you won, didn't you? Yeah, on flats. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think again, I remember just, asking you after and I think you, you told me you won it. Yeah, just jeans, yeah. long sleeve t-shirt, on flats. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's your MO with this other sport, right? Yeah. It's just to go <laughs> under the radar. Yep. Isn't it great when, when, because we're all guilty of it at some point in our PMX racing careers that you kind of size people up and it's worlds are the perfect place yeah. to do that because you'll like see based someone on, like how like they're dressed or yeah. like how their bike is yeah. yeah and it's usually you know some uh, south americans or whatever where they don't care about whether they're wearing sweatpants at the worlds right yeah you know what i mean it and they're just you could totally underestimate these people. Maybe they've got what we perceive as being a goofy-looking helmet. Like, yeah. Maybe it's even like a hockey helmet. <laughs> I don't know. Right. But uh, and then they turn out to be so strong. So it's got to be. Uh, it's got to be pretty interesting. Yeah, because I know at the pump track worlds, like they were interviewing like Eddie mm-hmm. and Tommy and like Krista yeah. and a bunch of people, and like only like a few people interviewed me, and then like all yeah. of a sudden like. Everyone was interviewing me just because, like, I was like getting faster throughout the day, and then, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I wanted to ask you about that because something, uh, something that I, I thought just from conversations with you, um, that you are, you're really good at at, at speaking and kind of art- articulating things. Um, do you know how motocross or supercross? You actually go for media training, so you um, so you actually can really take the question, process it, and give give the answer that you want to, but not go down a road that someone might be trying to get you to go down. Like yeah, you know, you know if someone tried to take you out, and you're just like, nope, I'm not going to talk about that. You know what I mean? Right. In your head, have you ever had any kind of media training? Because you present yourself very well. No, I have not. Really? Yeah. All right, we'll credit your parents then. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, I think it's really important, and you do a really good job at that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, compliments to you on that one. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's good to be measured in what you say. And 
sometimes processing and then answering is is not that easy, especially if you get hit with a tough question. Right. Like if I said, did you register to vote? Who are you going to vote for? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, the best candidate, and then move on, <laughs> you know? So it's, uh, so anyway, you do a good job with that. Well, thank uh, you. You're welcome. Maybe for fun, I'll throw a question in there just to, just to see, you know? But yeah, I think yeah. water cross and supercross has got to be so difficult because it's, obviously it's a big money sport and you don't want to bring negativity to the podium. You know what I mean? And it's just so important. So it's, have you ever had to, well, I'll just ask you, have you ever been challenged by that? Because you had, had not the cleanest day, maybe, maybe rivalry stuff happening. Have you ever been in that position before where you really had to pull back or maybe you didn't and you learned a lesson from that? Um, something that I always try is to like be positive and just like mm -hmm. be a good role model for others and like always like try to help other people and like do something good. So I haven't had like too many problems with that, but there's definitely days where like maybe I like didn't have a good day or I didn't have the lap that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes like, like I won't like talk to anyone when I get back to the pit and I'll just like need yeah. to like kind of take like a few minutes to myself so that I don't like say anything that like I don't want to like say or like anything like that yeah. so it's just like something like that just like kind of like gathering your thoughts and being like like kind of overcoming it saying like it's done now like you can't mm -hmm. fix it but you can like build on it and use what you learned from that past lap to like make your next one better mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's amazing that at 18 you already have that figured out and I'll tell you in, in my opinion uh, it's going to, that skill is going to help you for the rest of your life, especially with work. Like work is definitely, definitely somewhere that you'll, you'll use that skill. Not maybe not even knowingly, like it's so much in your, in your brain that you're really going to, uh, you're going to make an employer happy because you're not going to be a difficult employee right. <laughs> and you'll be happier. Most importantly, I think you'll be happier because you kind of measured it. You, you thought about it took your time instead of being reactive, you know, on the spot. So yeah. That's really awesome. Another congratulations for having that <laughs> straightened out. I mean, honestly, I don't, I, I think some people don't really understand that um, until mid twenties. It depends, depends on the person, but right. sounds like you've been around a really good mix of people. Yeah, that's what I was Over just going to say. I think it's like who you surround yourself with because yes. my parents are always super supportive and mm -hmm. Ariel super supportive right. and Scott that I ride with, Jay Bertles, mm -hmm. and I just kind of surround myself with positive people. Like yeah. if someone's negative at the races, like I don't like hang around them because right. Right. like at the races, like my job isn't to like try to make like somebody else like feel better if they're having a bad day. It's like me trying to like get myself to like have positive energy instead of like kind of surrounding myself with the people that are mm -hmm. not having the best day. Right, right. Like even if I am friends with them, like I don't want to like kind of just hang around them and like not yeah have like positive yeah. vibes from them. Not take on their junk. Yeah. Their stuff. Yeah. I, I'm sure that's the best way to do it. It's definitely. And then you're leading by example at that point. Yeah. So that's, 
That's awesome. All right, let me dig around and see what else I have going on here because, uh, so future goals uh, were the Olympics and anything else with mountain bikes or will that always kind of just be like a fun little side thing that you do once a year or do borrow the bike, win the race, um, you know? Well, like Olympics are definitely the main goal, but after BMX, like mm -hmm. I'll have to do something different. Mm -hmm. And I feel like BMX kind of transfers to any other form of cycling, I mm -hmm. feel like BMX is the, like you can kind of go anywhere because you have the bike handling skills yeah. and everything, like the experience of being close to people, the experience of like competing under pressure. Right. So if like I have like bike handling skills, like I feel like I could go into something like freestyle, like yeah. try something like that or like mm -hmm. just again with the bike handling skills, doing something like dual slalom or downhill or anything mm -hmm. like that so after like i do like bmx ever even like i was actually thinking about getting into like maybe something this year like trying it out just because i'm not racing maybe doing something like downhill or mm -hmm. i don't know like dual slalom or something like that yeah. just because it is different mm -hmm. but i feel like i would be able to adapt like really easily to it just right. because of my background in bmx mm -hmm. They're still doing downhill, I mean, racing, so that's still, as far as I know, that's still going on, uh, maybe Mountain Creek or somewhere. I, I thought I saw that there was downhill going on. Uh, so yeah, it seems like some of it's still running. I think Cyclocross maybe has, yeah. has not run. I, I think they canceled I'm definitely that. not touching the Cyclocross. No? <laughs> not a fan, no. All right, well, I mean... <laughs> I am in a way, but I'm in a different place in life. It's it's this endurance type of deal. And do you know Timmy Strelicki from no. Long Island? He was a double A before they merged. Yeah. And uh, he's reinvented himself as, and he was a he was a really good amateur too, world titles, national titles, whole thing. But he uh, he took up cyclocross, and obviously it's. Most BMXers that take up cyclocross, they're the ones that are bunny hopping the barriers and everyone else is hopping off to carry yeah. the bike. Um, but he's just super strong, but that BMX skill set has helped him with cyclocross. So it's 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 pretty it's yeah. pretty cool. But um, I guess what is there any other obvious well probably answer this question that you probably don't want to do road races. No. Yeah. Well I did try like one or i tried two cyclocross races yeah just what i didn't like about it was one the handlebars like yeah. i just like couldn't seem to yeah. ride that and i wasn't a fan of like going from the road like into the woods on like a bike like a cyclocross bike yeah. it was just really awkward yeah so that's why like i i'm not a fan of like mm -hmm. like road racing like doing mm -hmm. it like, right sometimes right. like it's fun to watch i Ariel sent a video of the last stage of the tour, the time trial, yeah. and that, I don't know his name, but he, like, ended up winning the whole thing, which Project was... Car or something like that. Yeah, yeah, which is absolutely crazy, and, like, I'm not in the road racing, but, yeah, like, yeah. that is, like, super inspiring thing that I saw in the past weeks. That was, like... That that was cool. He was a minute behind. Yeah. 57 seconds, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. So, no, but I definitely wouldn't, like, do something like road racing, probably. Mm -hmm. I would want to do something... Like, in my opinion, that's kind of, like, boring, like, sure. for me to do. Yeah. But I would do something, like, along the mountain bike scene because there's a lot of, like, exposure. Like, mountain bike scene is so much bigger than the BMX scene. Like, it is. there's just, like, 
and there's a lot more to do. There's yeah. they get to go to a lot of cool places. So that's definitely something I would consider yeah. doing. Like while doing BMX, like something mm -hmm. like I do, like pump track on the side. Like maybe yeah. not like train for it, but just kind of right. like go for fun, right. and then maybe get more like competitive after uh -huh. like BMX. Kind of like. Caroline pretty much does, right? Yeah. Like, is that her combination of things? I know she does slalom, yeah. right? Because so, a, a lot of people in BMX are done by their 30s, or like by the time they turn 30. Mm -hmm. But then you see a lot of mountain bikers, they're in their 30s, and they're like at their peak. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But it is changing. It's just changing so rapidly that people can still be competitive longer. But... Um, Ah, uh, so, all right, we covered all of that. Bear with me a second here. You know, I always wonder this with people, and this isn't, uh, this isn't directly at you whatsoever. It's a question I, I often ask. Um, but what sacrifices do you feel like you've made, willingly made, to be able to pursue your, your goals? Like anywhere in, in life, whatever you're comfortable talking about. Um, well, I definitely made sacrifices with like, like kind of a social life, mm -hmm. um, with hanging out with like friends from school or anything. Like, mm -hmm. it's kind of like I go to school, I do the work that I need to do there, and I have like just like friends that I count on like one hand, like five, sure. <laughs> and like two that I hang out with outside of school, mm -hmm. and like that's it. Like, cause right. then I, like I get done what I need to do at school and then I train, yeah. I ride, I travel. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like this whole like process, like that balance yeah. thing. Yeah. So definitely like, is that's something I've sacrificed is like mm -hmm. participating at a bunch of stuff at school, like events, like hanging yeah. out with friends. Mm -hmm. But even with that, like, let's say I miss out on that because I have to travel. When I travel, I get to see all my race friends and like yeah. socialize with them. So it kind of, balances out in the end like it's like I still have like a social life maybe it's not at home like all my best friends are international like you know one's from Switzerland right. I like one's from Canada like they're all right. over the place so yeah. it's like it like you can't see them as often which is like a downside but yeah what is cool is that like when we all get to like finally see each other it's mm -hmm. like we it's, get to catch up and everything yeah. so I uh Hey, I, I, I was hoping uh, that that was was happening for you, but I think that's why when people often say BMX family, yeah, it's true. You see the same people, right? And, yeah, and that becomes your other family and friends. Right. You know, especially ones that stick with it for maybe the whole time. Or, or do you have many friends that have been stick have been in it along with you for you know? A chunk of years yeah a lot of my friends I've known them for a while like Lexus Colby from Phoenix when I mm -hmm. lived out there we used to train together and we always used to go to each other's houses and hang out and we're yeah. still best friends so yeah she's one that I'm still like best friends with and that um, I've known for a long time yeah but thing about BMX friends is that we all like kind of have something in common and we all like sure. share something like similar but mm -hmm. then like friends from school it's like they have no idea like what BMX racing is. They are yeah. like, they're not really like athletic or like they right. understand like the goals that I have or like yeah. why like I'm doing this. So it's like, mm -hmm. they don't like really like understand like the whole yeah. like 
athlete BMX part of it, but then when sure. you like go to see BMX friends, like they understand, we yeah. all like kind of share something in common. Yeah, I think it's rare to find someone in BMX, especially someone that's successful like you've been, that has also or also plays this for the school soccer team or basketball or whatever. I, I don't know of many people in BMX that do a school sport also. Yeah. I think it's because it, it, it is tough to mix. Yeah. To, to be, you know. BMX is so time consuming. Like, mm. like BMX, like it's like my lifestyle. Like I've mm -hmm. never done anything. Like, like let's say I have like a rest day. Like I, I don't know what to do <laughs> because yeah. I'm not training. I'm like, like I went to the beach for two days with my one friend from school over the summer mm -hmm. and we were right near the Egg Harbor track. We were 10 <laughs> minutes from there and I like forced myself to not bring my bike and yeah. I like, I didn't know what to do. You're like itching. Like I'm just sitting it's like sand. so weird for me to like go to the beach and just like sit there. Like I don't know what to do with myself. And yeah. then like I'm that person that I just like go out and like boogie board in the water all day because like I have to do something like adventurous or like something yeah, yeah, yeah. like action because I'm like an adrenaline junkie. But right. So it's it's weird when I have like these rest days and I like right like I don't know what to do. <laughs> right, right. Like what do you what do you do right now? What do you do if it just rain all day you must, yeah you must go out of your mind i don't know grab the e-bike i guess <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> we we had this e-bike we got um probably like a month ago now yeah. and you know it's a it's big it's heavy it's probably like yeah. 35 pounds or something like 30 35 yeah, yeah. so it was, it's like an all-terrain one it's not meant for like yeah. It's not meant for like hardcore trails. It's not really meant for just like road either. But I ride around on the road and uh -huh. I'll go out for like two hours and I like explored all the roads and everything. And like, because yeah. we live on like a big hill, so like there's no way I would be able to do that on like a mountain bike or a BMX bike. Like, yeah. I'd be exhausted. Right. And the hill out of our house to the left is actually like huge, like mm -hmm. probably one of the steepest hills like you'll see. Yeah. And I think it's a mile at 8%, something like that. I think yeah. that's what I read yeah. on the sign. Right. And um, the e-bike, there's like it only has so much battery. Yeah, and yeah. I always seem to drain the battery really quick for some reason. But um, too much assist. But, yeah, 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 um, yeah, right, right. I was like I the farthest, it, but... <laughs> yeah, farthest point away from home. And like it goes down to one. So I was like, I got to get home. This was like a week ago. And oh, so you still had to climb back up. Yeah, so I still need to climb back up, and I'm at the bottom of that hill yeah, yeah, yeah. that we were talking about, mm -hmm. and um, it like went empty. Yeah, and it still gave me like a third of the juice, mm -hmm. and I was pedaling so hard, like trying to get up, and then like halfway up or not yeah. even halfway, it just completely died. I couldn't even move the bike. I'm like pushing it in the rain, like trying to get up. It uh -huh. it took me like 15 minutes to walk up the hill. It was, Gosh. Yeah, but that was funny. But uh, well, my parents thought it was really funny when I came back in, but it wasn't so funny in the moment. <laughs> I bet. Uh, wow, there's uh, actually an e-bike rental right near my house, uh, which is a. I live, like I told you, in an area very similar to this, very rural. Yeah. There's a covered bridge about 15 minutes from my house, it's like the next town over. And they have a, uh, so it's along a, a really nice stretch of river that people fly fish and canoe and all that. Um, but there's an e-bike rental store 
like right there because it's a really popular destination. It's quiet, it's nice. So, and I didn't think it would work, but every time I drive that direction, I pass a pile of people on on e-bikes. So it's yeah, it's kind of cool that it gives people an opportunity to ride that wouldn't normally have the legs to climb the eight percent one mile long hill. You right. Know what I mean? So it's it's really I think it's cool if it gets more people out. That's yeah, that's awesome. No, I definitely think e-bikes are something that like are continuing to grow and like mm -hmm. gets a lot more people on bikes because a right. lot of people like like it's still like a workout, but yeah. people won't like ride yeah. half the time if they like have to go up hills yeah. or like all that stuff. So the e-bike really helps with that, and right. yeah, I think they're super cool. Yeah, definitely. They definitely are. I've only ridden one. This was a couple years ago, but when they first came out. Yeah. And they were probably even more expensive at that point. But, uh, all right. I'm not going to forget anything because we're, uh, we're getting to a couple of things that I definitely want to talk about with okay. you. Uh, let's see. Right. And there's others. Since I'm looking through, I, I should uh, I should just throw this one. Cam Bramer wants to know Moe's or Chipotle. <laughs> Moe's, definitely. Yeah? He's a Moe's. He actually kind of got me into Moe's. Yeah. I've had it like a few times before. Yeah. And then when I'm over his house, he's like, oh, Moe's. Like, I think I was over there for like four days. <laughs> we went to Moe's like three times. and but <laughs> He's like, not sick of it, huh? Like, I can't go to Moe's as much as he does. Right, but right. I actually got my friend from school into it too and that's like somewhere that we go together but uh, like the Moe's is like 30 minutes from my house but um mm -hmm. like I dig Moe's I like the queso yeah. is super good way yeah. better than Chipotle's queso I'm mm -hmm. honestly not that big of a Chipotle fan and Moe's has ground beef and Chipotle doesn't have ground beef and I yeah. kind of like the ground beef and right, they have like right. a whole salsa bar yeah. like I just think Moe's is better in general definitely uh -huh. but all right, now I'll ask you my own question, Wawa or Sheets, because that's come up in a bunch of interviews I've done. Wawa, yeah. yeah. But, like, I have to say Wawa because, like, where I live, like, yeah. I don't really have a Sheets near yeah, me. You get toward Pittsburgh, right? That's yeah. when you start picking up. Yeah, I honestly haven't, everywhere. yeah, I haven't been to Sheets, like, that much at all, yeah. like, ever. But not even one close. Oh, actually, when, when we go to Caddy, there's, there's one kind yeah. of near Caddy. But before the airport. I don't really go to Wawa that much either, but mm -hmm. I would definitely prefer Wawa. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's wild that they can make pretty much anything you want. Yeah. And it's, it, we don't we don't have Wawa or Sheets in Connecticut at all. Oh really? Yeah, we have uh, very strange versions of it that are not. Yeah. They're too sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but not into it. It's hard to go to Wawa when I live like somewhere in the country and then I have all the like these farms near me and yeah. these all like um like local businesses mm -hmm. that's all like homegrown and stuff like that so it's like yeah. I don't want to go to Wawa if I'm like 15 minutes from Amish country and they yeah. home make everything right right which my personal favorite are the whoopie pies oh and, yeah yeah like half hour from here well like 15 minutes from here like starts Amish country but yeah. then like half hour it gets like into really Amish country mm -hmm. and they have um this like they have like a farm it's called September Farm and mm -hmm. they like make their own cheese and like homemade everything yeah. and whoopie pies which yeah. are definitely my weakness yeah which, yeah 
we'll bring home a box of those, and it was like yeah. 12, like mini ones, like uh-huh. this big. I don't know how Pink big it is. Ones. Like, yeah. Yeah, like the top of a water bottle. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe like a little bit less than that. Yeah, yeah. But I will like eat the whole box in like three days. <laughs> and I like, I can't stop myself. Just. So my dad's like, oh, I'll pick you one more whoopie pasta. I'm like, no, like, don't. Like, I want them, but if you do, like, I just can't pace myself. Right, right. Definitely favorite sweet treat. Chocolate. Is that way out of the way, heading to Caddy? Because I'm sure it's west, right, if you're talking toward Amish country. Yeah, yeah, it's west. I don't know. I might have to detour. (laughs) If it's, you know, if it's worth it, well, homemade cheese is awesome i would love that yeah for sure but um well that answers my question about whether you're vegan or not (laughs) (laughs) no which i would think it's difficult and my son's vegan and he surfs a lot and i'm looking he's been a a pretty strict vegan for over a year now but and he's 20 so he's, he's around your age and uh he has gotten so skinny but this is skinny by U.S. standards, yeah. not Japanese, you know, <laughs> right. where they are totally in control of their portions. But um, but anyway, protein. I always think like, what is he doing for protein? Yeah. You know, we we ate out last night because I'll I'll eat pretty much anything. So we went to a vegan place and like, there were some beans on the side. But where's yeah. the protein, Joey? You like what do you? Yeah, like, what are you doing? being vegan or vegetarian is definitely something, like, I wouldn't be able to do just because meat is, like, such, like, a big part of, like, my diet, and... As part of training, right? Yeah, yeah. and or, it's, like, building muscle and, like, everything, and, yeah. like, I know for me, like, it's really hard for me to gain weight. Like, I mm-hmm. just can't gain weight, <laughs> so, but... Well, it's because of how active you are, right? Yeah. And, and maybe and maybe you're... Metabolism well, that's, yeah, that's already... Like, I can pretty much eat anything. Like, I won't uh-huh. gain any weight. So right. it's like me right. trying to gain weight. Like, if I were, like, vegan, like... Yeah. That would... Yeah. That wouldn't work. <laughs> right. right. But... No, I got No. I don't... Like, I don't see myself ever doing something like that just because... I feel like it would be really hard for me to, like, do that. And, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, I know I'm... Like, I eat dairy a lot. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure what else is vegan. Like eggs and stuff like in baking yeah, can't do eggs. so can't do eggs you can't like you can't do hot bacon yeah <laughs> just kidding that's not that's out of context <laughs> yeah but yeah yeah there's a lot i mean it's but like i said protein i mean if you're if you're in the gym would you say two or three times a week you're yeah. in the gym i mean you have to unless you're going to supplement which supplementing isn't i don't think that's always great for you either it's, yeah it's kind it's, of like counteracting the healthiness of being a vegan and if you're gonna take like something to supplement it's like mm-hmm. what's it made of yeah yeah i mean you could say it's plant-based but anyway yeah we won't get too deep in the weeds on that <laughs> one but um all right so well there, that cam question two three words brought us into 15 <laughs> minutes of food talk uh we'll call ourselves food chatter where the food in your blood. <laughs> uh, all right, so Kelly Amaris, who you probably know, Kelly the warden, yes. she goes under. She's she's really funny uh, from Long Island. She's she's a great lady. Uh, this is why I want to jump into the book. Oh, okay. Yeah, is now yeah, time for that? We talked about the book. I know we yeah. go for hours. Trust me. Like I keep looking at this, going, you know, for someone that tells me they cannot stand still, 
You're probably jumping out of your skin right now at two hours and seven minutes. <laughs> Time flies. Yeah, I know. So, uh, so anyway, I'm going to ask this. I'm going to ask her question, but then you can take off on this. Okay. Um, I feel like this question question's out of order, but you can you can uh, back up and fill it in if you could, please. Uh, she wants to know how does it feel to finally have your children's book published. And then also, please let her know, congrats on her accomplishments, and I can't wait to get my copy of the book. Well, thank you, um, Kelly. Yeah, she is truly awesome. Now, the book is not published yet, right? No, it is not. We're in the process. You were funding it. Right. So you, so, from the beginning, go for it. I'd, all right. I'd love to hear your interest in it, like what brought you to that point of, you know, Yeah. go for it. So the whole book started, um, like, Eight years ago, or like ten, no, like ten years ago, mm -hmm. and my aunt Jennifer actually has alphabet books that are it says like A to Z hockey style and like basketball mm -hmm. style, and she wrote those. And like ten years ago, I think it was like a family Christmas. My mom and I drafted our own version of like a A to Z BMX style with Aunt Jennifer's permission, of course. Right. And Aunt Jennifer was all psyched about it. She's all into the book now and everything. Yeah. And um. So we did that, and that was like 10 years ago, and mm -hmm. last year we found it on the computer, so we revisited it, and yeah. we did a bunch of rewording. I was, I was like only eight, so we had like a lot of rewriting to do. But, oh, wow. So it's a children's alphabet book, and it's all BMX style, BMX racing style, mm -hmm. and um, every line rhymes, so it's like A is for announcer who calls all the action, B is for bike which brings great satisfaction. And then, oh, so nice. Every, so like A and B will rhyme, C and D will rhyme, and it'll go yeah. all the way to Z. So we revisited it last year, did some rewriting, and then mm. this year COVID hit, and we're like, we should mm. like try to, now that we have more time, to try to oh, do yeah. something with it. Right. So we have an illustrator, Andy Lendway, who is the guy yeah. who illustrated my Aunt Jennifer's books oh, also. Nice. And He's actually like three quarters of the way through illustrations right now. So once we get that done, then we can, we've been like looking into printing the past like week. So mm -hmm. then we can get self printed and then hopefully get on made. But yeah, so to raise funds, cause we need like $5,000 for illustrations and like at least $5,000 for printing. Mm -hmm. So we made a $10,000 goal on Kickstarter and mm -hmm. Kickstarter is like a, like a creative kind of way to like not like a GoFundMe mm -hmm. but like for like illustrators and like sure. artists and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we did that and we had 30 days to meet our goal mm -hmm. and we had a bunch of cool rewards like if you pay $25 you get like a signed digital copy of the W page uh -huh. which is one which is the page that like we had Andy draw and like that we advertised like W yeah. is for whip getting sideways with style. Yeah. <laughs> and then um so, and then there's other rewards, like $50, you get a book, and then 100 200 300 you get your name in the book as, like, a mm -hmm. contributor in, like, a bronze, silver, or gold medal level tier. Right. So, that's what we did, and we ended up meeting our goal, which was awesome. Oh, nice. And that was, like, two weeks ago, I think. Yeah. And I think we raised, like, $12,000. Whoa. So it went a little past the goal because right. we don't need we don't know how much we're gonna need, but ten thousand was like the minimum. Yeah. So more like all the funds like raised above the book are definitely gonna yeah. go towards the book. Right, right. Because there's definitely like extra stuff that like we'll have to pay. Mm -hmm. So there's always cost overruns for sure with yeah. any project. Yeah. 
So we're like three quarters of the way through illustrations and we've been looking into mm -hmm. some printing stuff for the past few weeks and yeah. So the inspiration behind the book was that there's nothing really like like that in BMX I feel like. And it's not right. like just like racing. It can be like freestyle, it can be mountain bikes, yeah. even though that it is like a BMX racing style theme. Mm -hmm. It can be like for all kids to read to like help them get on bikes. It's not even like, it's not only to teach them their ABCs, but it's also to uh -huh. kind of introduce them to bikes. Yeah. So yeah. someone like that's on a strider or like a little kid on a bike, they could be interested in that because um, it like grabs their attention because they like bikes mm -hmm. and they can also learn something from it too. Right. So, right. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah. So so what's the approximate date if, if all, I realize you're kind of not quite yeah. to the point of knowing this exactly, but do you have a goal that you may have in mind for a published date for when you actually have books in hand? So on the Kickstarter, the goal was like by March, 2021, mm -hmm. but I'm like, I'm really hoping to get them out like for Christmas. Yeah. That would be ideal. Right. So I'm really hoping we can get everything and right like all printed so but i have no idea how long the printing process is going to take yeah. but we should have like illustrations done and have it like being sent out to the printer within the next like two or three weeks so mm -hmm. hopefully we can get them soon enough but i'm really excited for it and i think it's yeah. a really cool project yeah for sure i've only seen two others and they're not by alphabet uh, taj mihaly did the uh bernie the bike builder yeah and then caroline did a story a storybook yeah uh, right i mean i don't know if you saw that one but it was short paperback paperback book uh taj mihaly he's a freestyle guy from well he's been around for for a while he's in uh upper michigan um but his was a hardcover a really nice hardcover do you ever hear pink bike yeah he illustrates for pink bike okay so anyway, his his book's pretty cool. My wife works at a library. Uh, she has two different jobs. She works for a vet too, but um, but anyway, so I think it's it's cool. It's yeah. different. It sounds it sounds like it's geared toward a specific age range, which is awesome. Yeah, I think that's really really cool. Well, the question is, are you are you still fundraising for the cost of overruns and whatever whatever happens whatever um happens. no because the campaign's ended mm -hmm. the 30 days is up yeah but um yeah so that's ended but um like could people pre-order not at the moment okay yeah i'm gonna like wait till we get like because um the printing company does like a sample book so right, i was saying right. like and they're all going to be hardcover, and they're it's going to be all in color, so mm -hmm. which is nice for the kids because I feel like yeah. it's kind of weird if it's in like black and white, and it's like yeah. for the kids. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. So um, yeah, we're gonna get like a sample book made probably, mm -hmm. and I'm not too sure about pre-ordering and everything. We haven't like thought like that far ahead yet, mm -hmm. so we're gonna wait on like the printing phase, mm -hmm. but. No, I think that's definitely something I would consider is like doing yeah. pre-orders and everything. Okay. Yeah. Well, and if, yeah, so once you figure that out, you'll announce it, I'm sure. Yeah, and um, Mongoose was like a big contributor for the book as well, oh, nice. and they're with um, USAB Max Foundation, yeah. and you know, I'm like sponsored by them, and mm -hmm. this year 
like one of the things that they do is like go to schools and like teach kids about bikes and everything. So I'm yeah. hoping like the book can be something where like I didn't get to do it this year because of COVID and everything. Right. But right. I'm hoping the book is something like that I can do and like mm -hmm. go to the schools and like read it to the kids and like maybe like give like the school like a book or two or yeah. do something like that and just kind of like spread the BMX love. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to have to figure out how to handle this on my end. Because uh, if you're not fundraising anymore, then because your goal's been met, uh, I'm just going to have to tell you that I'm going to buy books ahead, speak ahead because, of course, I'll keep one for myself, but uh, I'd like to get them to libraries around us. Yeah. And just donate them and have them in libraries. So, yeah. Uh, and maybe a track or two. Yeah, so anyway, definitely. Yeah. And with the book... Um, my dog Rocket makes an appearance in every single page. She's either um, in it, like kind of hidden, or yeah. it's like her name, like spelled out. Mm -hmm. So oh, that's, that's another awesome. like kind of fun element that we put in the book. Oh my gosh, that's funny. That's I like it. That's a great idea. All right. So um, so as of now, we won't give out any information on on anything because there's nothing. The next step is not mm -hmm. firm yet. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to say like a date and then have it like not be ready by that right. date if I have like no idea when it's going to be. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm j I just know that the you know people always want to help, so they're gonna yeah. be they're going to be looking to help. So maybe pre-ordering is a way to help, but we'll wait on you for that one. All right, sounds we, good. We could always add, and of course, I'll, I I can promote and you can promote. We'll, so yeah, I'll do what I can to help you. I'd be happy to because. Because of those connections that I talked about, they're important to me. Right. I, I think it would be it'd be great. Uh, so, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, I don't know Spanish at all. I'm going to try this. You have, a, you have some questions or eight? Oh, uh, eight is that Danny Cifuentes? Yeah, yeah I got to try it. It's going to sound horrible, but all right, we'll go. El uh, habla uh, español también. Aviali. Abrazos de mi part, mi part, mi parte, mi part. Uh, and then she translates favorite country to visit outside of the U.S. and favorite snack. Uh, the first part, she said um, that I also speak Spanish and that she's sending me hugs on her part. <laughs> I had nothing to do with so, it. That was not the translation. All right. So. Back to school for me. They didn't teach Spanish in elementary school when I was when I was a kid. So anyway, yeah. oh my gosh, Danny, I butchered that. But <laughs> thankfully, you knew. Do you yeah. are you fluent in Spanish? That fluent that you could actually um, understand. Well, obviously, you probably read it before. I I did read it before on yeah. the post, but um. Are you somewhat? Yeah, I'm. I'm like I'm pretty fluent. I'm not yeah. that good at um speaking and like listening because mm -hmm. in school they kind of taught us more grammatical stuff and how to yeah. read and write so yeah. i'm really good at reading and writing like i can like read and write fluently but like mm -hmm. speaking is something that's like hard especially when i don't have anyone like to practice with so that's why i'm not as good at that and it's a fast language yeah but luckily like i have danny that speaks it so mm -hmm. i can talk to her and then i have a few international friends that uh -huh. from south america that speak spanish which is nice and right. like some of my friends, one friend that I met from Argentina, uh -huh. um, when I met her, she didn't speak any English. So like the way I met her was uh, through talking Spanish, which was cool. Nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But um, so back to the question, my favorite snack is, so during race days, I 
I really like nuts, mm -hmm. um, blueberry fig bars, and dark chocolate chunk kind bars, the one with the red wrapper. I'm uh -huh. really particular about it. Those are like the three things that I will eat during race day. And I really like grapes too, but they have to be red grapes. Oh, but, um, seedless. <laughs> yeah, but when I, like if I travel somewhere international or I fly somewhere, I will take a box of those fig bars with me and a box of those kind bars. Oh, and okay. nuts too. Yeah. Like, so I like have them there with me. Mm -hmm. And favorite drink on race day is definitely um, Juicy Juice juice boxes. My personal favorite are the berries right now. Yeah. The blue ones. But I'll take the apple, the fruit punch, the grape, or the berry flavor. I pack a whole pack of them when I go and I travel in my suitcase. Uh -huh. Switzerland, I drank three juice boxes like one after the quarter, like one after the semi, and then one right before the final. That was the trick. Yeah. But, the, like, I definitely go through so many juice boxes. Like, yeah. I have at least one a day. It's like my source of energy. Uh -huh. But it's just something that I've kind of picked up in the past, like, two years. Yeah. Because I will always drink those juice boxes during race day. Yeah. That's so funny because that's... As simple of a drink as it is, you know, and, and then we go back to our childhoods, it's, uh, it's, that's effective. I mean, yeah. you, have, you have to keep your sugar level up, right? And I, so I think it is kind of like a superstition too, because I think if I didn't have the juice boxes, like I wouldn't perform as well, but let's yeah. say there's just water in the juice box or just mm -hmm. like flavored water to kind of make it taste like juice. Oh, I would like right, right. kind of like trick my mind to thinking like, Oh, I just had a juice box. Like I'm yeah. ready to go. So right. yeah. Were you able to, I guess they're small enough. Were you able to, you were able to bring them on the flight? Uh, yeah. I put them in my check bag though. So. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So yeah. they just go through your bag and okay. It. Yeah. And it's probably less than the, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's more than the max uh, amount of ounces uh, allowed, right? So, how they treat juice boxes. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not too sure, but... Who cares? You get through it. Yes. You get through there, <laughs> yeah. so it's fine. Uh, do you know Satoshi, Trails Warrior? Yeah. All right, cool. He wants to Ride know... Ride like a crawfish. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's the one that, one, a person that could inspire you to manual a whole street of yeah. <laughs> Um, he's so great. He's just such a great guy. I, he's got to be so bummed that he, that he can't come this, he would be here right now, I believe. Um, uh, come to Caddy and Posh. That's like their normal, you know, that's yeah. when you see him. Yeah. That's when you would see him most often. But, uh, he has an interesting question. He said, how do you train in the long Pennsylvania winters? And we all deal with that same thing on the East Coast, Upper East Coast. Yeah. Uh, and so what what do you do to keep sane? Uh, and actually on the bike too, because is that when you go to wheel mill and stuff like that? Um, during the winter is usually when I'll head out to Chula, but that's only yeah. for like a week and a half maybe. Okay. So that doesn't really take that much time out of my winter. Right. So I'll go there to train. Um, oftentimes we'll go down to Rock Hill, South Carolina to ride. Um, oh, that's true. They don't get... Yeah, like, but that's still like nine hours away, so it's like, yeah. it's a big trip. And, but I, luckily for me, I have a gym in my garage. Mm -hmm. 
and um, the driveway's dry and there's not snow on the ground, we can do gates. Yeah, I gate my driveway. Too, the track's not rideable during the winter, but I have rollers, my all-time least favorite. But oh my gosh, yeah. But I'll yeah. just yeah. Usually I'll end up doing rollers like four or five times a week during the winter, which gets old really fast. But well, we'll always bug me about rollers, and it's not the fault of rollers. It's just no one's come up with anything better for BMX bikes. Is you can't stand up and sprint. Like you, it maybe you can if you have a really nice controlled spin. Yeah, it is. It's really sketchy. I usually do my rollers with like a high seat on, and I sit down and I sprint. But or I'll like have them turn so just my back goes on. I'll have someone hold my front tire oh, okay. too. But then it's like then you need two people, like, yeah, or another person. Yeah, so. right, right. Yeah, but that's tough. And you don't have anywhere close to go to for indoor no uh, like racing wheel mills five hours away like four and a half to five and sure. then rays is like eight maybe seven or eight yeah i can see yeah. that i mean it's about it's about eight from connecticut but you've got to get up to 80 you know the right Pennsylvania, or well what's that called i guess just 80 but anyway and go then, across Pennsylvania. and then gripping in new york that's like three and a half hours away but like i don't even bother to go there just because it's it's colder yeah. inside than it is outside, and yeah. I just, I don't really like going there during the winter. Yeah, it, um, I, I went there for a little bit, and I'm completely grateful it's there. Uh, soil tack is the reason it works, right? Yeah. Through the winter, but man, is it cold. Yeah. Um, and if you get a breezy cold day, man, it's tough, but, uh, but it's there. At least you could do some gates, do a little right. first rate stuff, but... Yeah, it's a, that's a tough call, and yeah, I'm I'm glad it's there for for people that that want to actually just get some some pedaling in on real dirt jumps. But yeah, yeah. I think you know between Ray's and and Wilmel, it's they have what we would need as as racers, you know. Yeah. Or trails because that woods room feels like trails because they built it to feel like trails. Yeah. Just know. too bad it's so far away from I me cuz like yeah. cuz we're all in the northeast so we don't really have anything. So yeah. It's eight for me, but uh it's worth it every time. So to me it's to dedicate the time and there's so many just great people that live there it's it's like bmx like we were talking about yeah you always have somewhere to stay if you choose to uh, otherwise you know you could stay you could hotel stay it but um but yeah it's it's a good place so yeah i i'd take that option yeah More, it's a lot warmer right than riding, than riding at gripping nothing against gripping like i said it's, yeah. it's good for if it works for people great but uh Anyway, I think I have one more question, and then we're, we'll, uh, I think we'll pretty much wrap it up. All right. Because, yeah, you're, you're a two-and-a-half-hour type of gal. Uh, all right. Kate Davis, I don't know if you know her. She's from Austin. Uh, she's going to be at Women's Weekend today. I think she's, she's on the, I think she's the ad, the woman on the ad for oh, uh, okay. Women's Weekend. Yeah. Yeah. She's, like, front and center of the ad. She's really cool. Her and her partner, Nicole, are just really, really just great people. Yeah. Positive, positive great people. She wants to know, how do you overcome fear when trying something new on your bike that is beyond your comfort zone? Um, 
I think getting out of your comfort zone is a thing that everyone needs to like try to do because a lot of people just kind of stick with what they're used to and then they don't really progress. So that's definitely something that I like to do a lot is uh, do something every session that's like new or out of my comfort zone. So that's why I kind of started writing like opposite foot is do like something mm -hmm. new. But um, I get over the fear by, so kind of like what I was saying earlier is like taking those emotions and like channeling it into something positive because mm -hmm. everyone's going to be fearful or nervous or anything like that. Sure. But you can like use that energy towards like achieving your goal and what you want to do. So mm -hmm. something that I like to do is follow someone. Like if I jump something for the first time or just like watching people do it because I'm a visual learner and I like to watch people like mm -hmm. see how they do it first before I do it. But, um, no, like, yeah, that's about it. Definitely um, just, like, kind of embracing the fear and mm -hmm. just, like, kind of going for it. And definitely, like, being sensible and not doing something that's going to be, like, completely, yeah. like, out of your comfort zone. But just, like, kind of start small and, then like, like, know that you can do it and, mm -hmm. like, take a goal that you know that you can, like, right. achieve and do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the best way to deal with it. I think the visual, visualization and watching people has to help. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you asked that question because I'm pretty much right there right now. I, I just made a comment or I just posted, I reposted someone that uh, took a picture of me, one of my good friends, Ted Nelson, and it's from the trails last weekend. And uh, since I broke my leg, I'm a little, I'm a little leery. Like I was fine last year, but it seems to have, kind of resurfaced like a little bit of like you can't ride scared yeah that's when you get hurt right i believe so uh i'm trying to find that sweet spot in my mind of of i know i can do it it's letting right. yourself do it and not ride scared yeah so anyway i yeah. i found a lot of the times like if i'm scared when i ride i'm super tense and just yeah. That's when I start going sideways, and that's when I start casing stuff, and I'm just like not as confident. So or like, over clearing because you go too fast because you don't need to go that fast. Yeah, yeah, or that. You know, I was hoping we could ride today because I was watching that, the one you posted last. But there's one straight, and we'll take a walk out there after if it's okay with you. But there's there's one straight that's uh, that's pretty well packed with jumps, and I can't I can't remember where it was, but. It was a, it was one of those sections where you had lots of options. Yeah. Because the jumps are so close together, so you could double then in a manual. You could. Right. There's a lot of different different ways to go. So, yeah. anyway, that's all part of something that maybe is keeping you sharp and confident. Yeah, that's what I like having about my own tracks. That there's always something new to do, and if you get yeah. bored, you can just change it. Right. Well, you have to stop me from calling it a trails because it is a track. Like it's set up just like a track. Yeah, I would consider it like a cross between a pump track and a BMX track. Gotcha. Yeah. Got it. But I think it's more of a pump track style. Yeah. Definitely. Cause yeah. Just because there is no pedaling and it's all track speed. Yep. And there aren't any gaps. Right. But yeah. Yeah, no gaps. Gotcha. So yeah. So not that it couldn't still be trails, but anyway. We can wrap it up. I want to wrap it up with you uh, mentioning some of your sponsors. Uh, after Haro, it's your current sponsor now. So yeah. Sponsors. Do you want to rattle those off for me? Because I'm not 
not positive on that one. Well, I'm super stoked to be um, a part of the Mongoose Gang this year, and they have a lot of cool stuff uh, with their program, like the foundation and going to mm -hmm. the schools, and their main goal is to put more kids on bikes and uh -huh. like kind of grow the sport. So that's something that like I'm really interested in, and mm -hmm. that I always like try to help all the kids out at the track and everything, and so. That's one thing I like about Mongoose is that they can like help me like grow the spore and like all that stuff and then yeah. like because that's what they're trying to do too. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, Mongoose and the foundation. Um, I started running the E6 rims this year, the carbon rims, which I really like. Oh, okay. And they go really well with my bike. Yeah. And I also have the new Answer Fork, mm -hmm. the newest one um, that I really like that goes well with the bike. Uh huh. Um, I have um, Stuart from HRP make my number plate, and uh -huh. um, Doug from Potter makes my jerseys, and they both look awesome. Uh -huh. uh, Ray from Fly, always keeping me looking sharp in my gear, definitely. And the guys uh -huh. at WD-40 who painted the coolest helmet ever, which oh, I, I actually designed a little bit of it. I had nice. the world champion stripes on the one side, and nice. then... The flag on the other side, and I have my own little peanut character on the back holding a can of WD-40. Oh, so cool. So yeah, they painted that for me, oh, which is awesome. I always get compliments on my helmet. Um, yeah. Airtrix painted it. That is so cool. Wow. So WD-40 is a sponsor as well. Yes. That's awesome. Really awesome. Um, is who else is on Mongoose right now for racing? I know the freestyle guys um, are on. Cam Wood and Mason Hayes. Gotcha. Yeah. No relation to the Hayes sisters? No. Got it. And oh, I meant to ask you this a long time ago. Who who uh who came up with the uh, nickname Peanut? Um, I'm sure it goes way back, right? Well, my parents always called me that when I was little and it just mm -hmm. kinda stuck. Yeah. So and then like everyone who's known me for a while will like still call me Peanut. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, I saw a bit of that for sure, in, in the questions, uh, for sure. But um, and okay. yeah, oh, I have some more sponsors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so go for it. I have uh, I run Shimano shoes, which I really like those because I have a narrow foot. Mm -hmm. So they have the women specific um, RX8 model, and they actually uh -huh. just came out with a new one. But um. I really like those just because mm -hmm. I can never seem to find shoes anywhere. So oh, right. those work for me really well. Yeah. And I always wear funky socks when I race. Something with some cool design uh, on it to keep okay. it fun. And yeah. I have a sock sponsorship, Socksmith from out of California. Really? And they have some cool socks on their website. Yeah. That's awesome. And as for padding, I wear an EVS ballistic jersey. Uh-huh. And, like, it's a big chest protector, uh, like, it's all plastic, elbows, back, shoulders, everything. So And it fits under your jersey. Yes. Nice. I've worn that for a while now. Like if I don't wear it when I race, it just mm -hmm. it feels so weird. Like I like can't yeah, race. Yeah. And right. it's definitely helps me a lot. I, I wear a bunch of pads just for that reason. Yeah. And smart. Could be a, absolutely avoiding some more serious injury. And I just looked down at your helmet because your helmet is, is Totally up to date. It's the rayon technology. Oh, yeah. Might be. There's like this. Uh, there's like this extra layer. It almost looks like it was. 
it's suspended almost like a an air gap between yeah they have pads. um it's this like blue like cushioning in the middle that like mm -hmm. absorbs the impact ray did like a demonstration with me at grand's where he took um like a metal ball and he dropped it uh -huh. And um, the one like bounced back up on the one material and the rayon just kind of like absorbed it and mm -hmm. like it, the ball didn't bounce back up. That's how like, yeah. he demonstrated it to me. So, I got you. I got yeah. you. So less shake is what you're trying to avoid, right? Yeah. If your head hits, just right. not the jarring yeah. of your brain inside your mm. inside your skull there. But that's a, that's an awesome looking helmet and yeah. the technology too. That's really cool. And last but not least. Onyx hubs. I really like those. I've been running those yeah. all last year and this year, so mm -hmm. and they look really good with the orange um, stickers on the rims too, and yeah. kind of all ties together with the orange mongoose theme. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, however you want to finish it up, if you have any thank yous aside from sponsor, mm -hmm. well, whatever you want to say. Actually, right. I should say it that way. Yeah. Huge thank you to my mom and dad who are always supportive and help me uh, achieve my goals and uh, coach Ariel who's amazing as we've mentioned but uh -huh, um, right. and then Scott Meckler and Jay Burles who are always mm -hmm. over here riding and just everyone who I ride with and all the sponsors and well thank you you were everything I was hoping you would be in an interview you're really like I said very well spoken and I think we covered everything. I'll never keep straight what you educated me on as far as the levels of, of uh, classes between UCI and USA BMX, but I'll just keep re-listening to this episode until I get <laughs> yeah. it But uh, and try to remember which kind of race you're at. Cool. If you don't mind showing me the track, we'll do that. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, it looks like we could still have the first day of Women's Weekend, I hope. Yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they'll make it work. They always do. Yeah. So we're good. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you, Peyton. Yeah. All right. We'll shut her down.